Good evening, Sport Zodians. How's everybody doing out there tonight? I am Mike Aglioloro. I am your host for this is Sports Zone. Recording with you live like we do each and every week here via the I-95 Sports and Entertainment Radio Network. Of course, we are rebroadcast and redistributed through all our various podcasting outlets. So we thank you for joining us no matter how you join us, whether it's Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Anchor, Bullhorn. Always thank you for listening to us. We got a good show for you tonight. We will be joined by Dave Hastings. Uh, Eric Tressler may not be with us this week. That's okay. All the best. Um, hopefully, we get a little Eric Pfeiffer, Larry Schmelrose action here. But we do have a lot to talk about tonight. It is a slow sports week. Let's just say that. Basketball season is officially over. The Golden State Warriors are your NBA champions, having beaten the Boston Celtics in six games. We called that. It was just a question of whether or not it was going to six or seven. It did only go six. Stanley Cup Finals ongoing. Colorado Avalanche stormed out of the gates, pissed all over the Tampa Bay Lightning for the first two games. The Lightning actually came back last night, making the series two to one. So game four will be Wednesday night. We have that. And let's be honest, not too much going on in the world of football right now. So let's talk a little baseball uh, before the guys get here. And it's time for the weekly Mets recap. We'll see how much of this I get through before everybody else comes. When we Okay, that's not going to take too long. <laughs> that is not going to take too long. I'm going to save the Mets stuff for a little while here. We'll let them get in. And then we'll go. Dave Hastings is here tonight. Dave, how you doing? Doing good, Mike. Doing good. How about yourself? And not too bad. Not too bad. So... Obviously not the busiest of sports weeks. We got, as I was saying before you came on, Golden State Warriors are your new NBA champions. Uh, I mean, listen, we all kind of saw that coming, but were, were you about to say something there? No, you're good, my man. Oh, okay. I thought I heard something. All right. Well, I'll let you go anyway. I don't know if you have any comments. I mean, we've kind of talked about the Warriors, what it was eventual that they were going to win there. Um, to me, I feel like this championship probably means the most of all their champion championships, because if you looked at, at the road that they took to really come back here after, what was it, 2019 when they lost the finals to the Raptors, Durant goes down, Clay goes down, I think Steph Curry missed most of the next season, and you almost didn't know if this team was really going to be able to get back not only do they get back because of the big three, but they have a stronger core than ever now. I mean, this is the best core they've had since they had, you know, a, a younger, healthier Andre Iguodala. You had yes. Sean Livingston. Um, Harrison you know, Barnes was on those teams. Yeah, like this is definitely probably one of the better cores that they've had since then. Um, mm -hmm. But at the same time, like, would I sit here and say that they're the heavy favorite to win next year? I, I don't know if I'd go that far. Um, you know, the Memphis had him on the ropes until John Morant went down with injury. Uh, and that turned that entire series. Um, you know, you got to imagine uh, 
LeBron's going to make sure the Lakers get younger and more athletic. So you got to figure there's a good chance that they become more competitive again. You don't know where Durant's going to end up. You don't know where Kyrie Irving's going to end up. Um, so I won't say that they're heavy, heavy favorites, but it's hard. You can't just look at them and just say that they're, they're not going to be the favorites going into the year. Um, you also got to keep in mind Dallas, if they can add some weapons around Luca. I mean, you know, there's definitely some good teams out there, but I mean, this, this core is definitely uh, something special. But Draymond, another year older. Steph, another year older. I mean, at some point, we all know this, uh, Father Time always catches up and always ends up with the final W. So um, it, it'll be interesting to uh, see how everything unfolds for next season. But, look, they they didn't want to go back to Golden State, and they showed it. Uh, I don't think there's any other way to say it. Um they did not want to go back, and they made sure they didn't go back. They basically dominated the game from beginning to end, um, and, and it was really uh, – it, it was just too much for uh, Boston to be able to handle, and it was a learning experience for Boston. But um, Boston's got a young core, and they're a team I wouldn't – you know, a lot of people were saying they could see them winning a championship in the next three years. I don't know if I'll go that far, but could I see them back in the championship in the next couple of seasons? I definitely will say that. Mm. Yeah, I mean, Brown and Tatum keep getting more experience. So as long as they're their core, they'll always be in the conversation there. And definitely Robert Williams made himself definitely well known in this year's playoffs. So if they keep adding pieces, adding to that core, they could definitely do it. Um, you had brought up Dallas in there real quick. What'd you think of that Christian Wood trade getting the center from Houston who just keeps going through there where he built? Um, I mean I don't know. It's not like the guy's really done anything that makes me say that's a big game changer. And the problem with uh, Dallas was that they had nobody outside of Luka that could score or at least score consistently. Um, and I mean, I think that really hurt them just as much, if not more than their defense. So, mm. um, you know, I don't think it's something that, you know, makes a huge, huge difference for them, but it does help them on the defensive side of the ball. Okay. Fair enough. I'm not going to pretend to know a lot about Christian Wood, so I I was generally curious of that. But to me, the curious thing is, you know, Houston, they they keep adding all these draft picks. They 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 claim that they're trying to add young pieces and everything, and now they just trade one of the young pieces that I felt like was a big deal for them to get when they got him from Detroit, I believe. So, so for them to do that, like, how long do you think the Houston rebuild runs up? Yeah, they're definitely a little lost in Houston. I think the funniest part, though, is uh, hearing today that John Wall is going to be opting into his yeah. $42 million uh, player option for this year. And basically, Houston's going to try to trade him. Nobody's going to trade for him and give up assets when they know they don't want want him on, on their team for that much money. So he'll get released and be able to go where he wants to go. So. Um, it just—it's it, kind of like a snowball effect for Houston, and in, 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 uh, in a negative way, ever since uh, they got rid of Paul and Harden, no, nothing's getting better for him. I'll say that. Yeah, yeah, definitely not. Um, what are you looking for this off season? We'll talk about your Bulls real quick. What do you want to see them do? I mean, I'd like to see them get some more playmakers. Um, 
But most importantly, I'd like to see them get more depth. I think their biggest issue is that when Levine or DeMar wasn't playing, they were basically a bunch of lost puppies. So Mm. I'd like to see them get a little more depth, whether that be veteran health, something through the draft. That I really don't know because we're still not really – still not really clear of what – you know, what guys are going to be where, what guys are going to hit free agents, uh, free agency. So that's all still being worked out. So um, until that's a little bit of a clearer picture, uh, it's kind of hard to sit here and say I have a direct idea. But, I mean, the big talk right now is that they might try to pair the point guard Kobe White with their draft pick to get another veteran. They might try to pair them together to move up in the drafts. They might just trade their pick and move back to get more picks. So, I mean, uh, it's really, from everything I follow, it's very up in the air for Chicago right now. So, it's kind of hard to say, like, hey, this is what makes the most sense. But, I mean, to me, the the first priority they should have is re-signing Levine. After that, let the, you know, let the cookie crumble how it may. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. I mean, as far as... It'll be interesting to see what the Knicks do this offseason as well. I don't even really know where you start with them, truthfully, because, I mean, obviously they took a step back this past year. The Randall thing, you can only hope he's better in year two of this contract than he was in year one, because to me that's going to be – that's the big domino to fall right there. If he's better, the team is kind of built around him for better or worse. I – I think it would be a mistake to try to add more contracts to that. So you just got to keep building through the draft. Hope you get some good pieces and maybe eventually you pull a trade. I know the Damian Lillard rumors are going to wind up starting again, but I don't know about you. I don't really look at that as an answer for that team. I mean, I, I, I think Damian Lillard is one of the best players in the whole league. Sure. But I, I think what it is, is what would the Knicks have to give up? Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure one of the pieces would be, um, oh, what's his name? He really stepped up this year. It was his second year. Drawing a blank. But he really stepped up. Wing player. God, I know I know Eric for damn sure would know who I'm talking about. I'm trying to think what the hell his name is. But... Oh, um, Barrett? Not Barrett. Yes. Oh, okay. R.J. Barrett. Um, yes. Like, there's no ifs, ands, or buts that if you're trading for Damian, like, Portland's going to expect him in the trade. And I don't think the Knicks want to get rid of him. Well, yeah, that that's like the only part of their core that's really stepped up and produced the way they wanted him to. Everybody else is still projects at this point. Yeah, no, the kid definitely showed flashes of being pretty damn good. Yeah. So, with that, I don't know if you got anything else basketball, but we can move on here. I'll throw it to you next, sir. What would, where would you like to go next? I mean, uh, the big thing that came out today was uh, Gronk officially announced his retirement. But, you know, after what we saw happen with Brady uh, this offseason already, I wouldn't be surprised if Gronk still ends up playing, but maybe it's – you know, he doesn't come out of retirement until, like, halfway through the season. Maybe he comes out of retirement for training camp. 
Like, I think it's more likely to happen towards uh, the end of the offseason or in the regular season than it is to happen prior to that. But mm. Gronk announced his retirement. I mean, guy played 11 seasons. He had a stretch of four or five years where he was arguably the most unstoppable player in the entire NFL. Um, I mean, some of the things he was able to do were just unbelievable. So uh, I think uh, – now you get now you're going to start hearing the conversations. You know, is he the greatest tight end ever? And like, I mean, you look at Gronk, and it's hard to name uh, you know more than two or three tight ends that you know overall career wise you'd be willing to take over him. And I don't even know if you can name that. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I was trying to think about it before. I'm like, all right, well. Antonio Gates, Tony Gonzalez, um, Kellen Winslow Sr., Jason Witten, Travis Kelsey, um, the dude out in Baltimore. He's slipping my brain Shannon, right now. Yeah, you talking about Shannon Sharp? Or are you talking about current? You talking about current? Currently, but Shannon Sharp would be another name. Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews, thank you. You know, like, there's some guys that are really good, but I don't know if anybody was a bigger headache for defensive coordinators than Rob Gronkowski was. And that, yeah. that's, that says something, because that man could – he was deceivingly fast. He was hard to bring down. And I just think you look at Gronk's career, and it, it's hard to – really picture anybody being that dominant for that long at, at that position. Um, you know, he never was a liability in the run game. You know, he could block. He, I mean, he could run a deep, you know, deep routes, short routes, crossing routes, fade routes in the end zone. I mean, there's really nothing the man couldn't do. And, you know, he also just, blatantly loved playing the game of football was loved life was a happy man and uh always been a big fan of gronk always hated when uh dallas had to play against him but thankfully that was only once every four years um and with his retirement it would mean dallas wouldn't have to go up against him on tampa bay this year so i'm not gonna be mad about that if that's the reality um mm. But yeah, I mean, overall, like just the idea of him retiring, like I just don't, I don't know. I just figure, I feel like Tom is going to get him to come back. It's just a matter of when, not if. You see, and that right there is part of the reason why I'm like Gronk's place in history is secure in my eyes. One of the most dominant tight ends who's ever played the game, like you said there. But just, just the idea, because I, I heard something about that the other day where and I can't remember because this just happened, like you said, earlier today or yesterday, whatever it was. I saw something that said, well, you know, if Tom feels like Tampa Bay needs another weapon midseason, he can always come back. I'll just do it or don't, man. That, that's where I'm at. Do it or don't. I'm tired of these long drawn out things. But he's here. I do want to welcome him in. Eric Pfeiffer is here tonight. Fife, how you doing? I'm good, fellas. How you guys? Doing. Not too bad. Not too bad. So, yeah, we're talking about Gronk retiring for the second time here. What are your thoughts? Uh-oh. I think we lost Mike. Or did we oh. lose me? 
No, well, no, I'm, I'm back I'm, now. I'm sorry. I got a little. I got a little break up there. It might have been oh. me. Uh, my Wi-Fi dropped for a second there. Okay. Um, Gronk. I think with everything I heard, what Dave was mentioning, I don't know if this was mentioned previously, but to me, the thing that impressed me, one of the most impressive things about the guy is like how he never took it too serious. Like, yeah, during the play on the field, but like if you talk to, if you see the interviews with him and Brady, like. I don't think the guy ever read opened a playbook for more than three seconds. Um, Brady would basically just tell him what to do, and then he was dominant. Um, so I think it was, you know, that pairing of those two together, somebody, a quarterback who was willing to realize that he had such a dominant person on his offense um, that he was willing to just tell him what he needed to do and let him go out and do it. So, I mean, that, that was always funny to me. He never took it. Uh, obviously he was intense and he took the game seriously, but, um, you know, his time was his time. Uh, and you know, he wasn't going to sit there and read through playbooks. He didn't have to, uh, Tom would say, go run a five yard out or run five yard in or run a slant or block on for the run. And he would just do it. He was just that good. Yeah. It's not often Absolutely. you see a guy who, who doesn't necessarily need as much practice and can still be great, you know, hall of famer for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. And let's get his thoughts on the subject because he's here tonight uh, trooping it out for us like he always does. Thank you very much, sir. Eric Fife, Eric Tressler is here tonight. Wow. Fuck that up. Okay. Uh, listen, listen, I take it as a compliment. Anytime you want to call me Eric Fife, that's a compliment. <laughs> I'm okay with it, you know. Um, it goes but, both yeah, ways, no. brother. Right? So, I mean, no, I think you guys are talking about Gronk. I don't know. Did he retire yep. or something? Did he retire again? I don't know what yep. he Yeah. Yeah. No, he retired again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he, he's he's going to retire. If I was him, I'd retire right till about September 1st. And I go, ah, you know what? Maybe I feel like playing again and just play again. I guess I agree with just about everything uh, Eric said right there that he's a guy who really doesn't need more He's going digital. Yep. Eric, I don't want to interrupt him because I don't know if he can hear me. Eric, you there? <laughs> what, what is it? It's the Eric Remix. What what is that? What is that called? The um, the auto tune. He's going auto tune. Yes. Mm. So, I don't know. YouTube video. Yeah. There he is. Here, so I'm gonna go digital. Am I back? Am I back? Almost back. Almost back. Am I back? You're back. I'm going. now. Yeah. No. What was I said there? No. He uh he hit he hit the nail on the head there. Gronk guy who doesn't need a lot of time step in um yeah so he by all means he's been with brady long enough if, i give him up to september don't don't retire just don't show up to anything but week one how about that that makes sense that does make sense yeah i like it yeah <laughs> all right i think with that i don't know if anybody's got anything else they want to throw in on this particular subject but now that mr pfeiffer is here I guess we can get a little hockey talk in here tonight. So we sit currently after game three. Colorado Avalanche came out storming out of the gate 
won the first two games of the Stanley Cup Finals. Tampa Bay wins last night to make the series two to one. And Fife, I'll let you go, man. Uh, well, put it to you this way: I mean, any you you go into the Stanley Cup playoffs and you give me a team that's uh, the home team that's been eight and zero at home or seven and zero, I think whatever they were going into that game, and you give me an away team that's seven and zero on the road, and I'm going to take the home team every time in that game. I had a feeling uh, Game Three was going Tampa's way, even though Game Two looked extremely dominant in Colorado's favor. Um, I just remember thinking during game two, see what I think happened was uh, Colorado jumped on them early in game one and they learned a hard lesson that you can't take it easy on these guys at all. Like, you can't let up. You got to keep going. So, uh, Tampa was able to come back down to 3-1, forced overtime. And Colorado was able to walk out of a game one overtime victory. Um, so game two, they just kept pouring it on. When they smelled blood in the water, they attacked. But I just remember thinking after about maybe the fourth goal, when you could tell they were going to run away with the game, I, I, in my head, you know, I, and you can't really do it as an NHL uh, team. But, like, in my head, it, it, you're playing Tampa. Uh, slow down. Don't embarrass these guys because you don't want to give them fuel in the next game, which is really – it's a really hard balance to find. But I, I think putting seven up on them was a little excessive. I mean, the opportunities were there. So, I, you know, I couldn't tell you the, the uh, you know, the uh, equation, what the equation would be to back off, but then again, still hold the lead, um, buckle down defensively, whatever you think you have to do. But I didn't think putting seven on them and making them look that bad was a very good idea. Uh, my brother and I talked about it the other day, if there's any team that can find a way to, to win in a series four games in a row or push it to seven and win a game seven on the road, it's Tampa because they have the experience there. Um, these Colorado guys are still a little bit young. You know, we all picked them, or at least I picked them this year to win the cup early on. A lot of people did. Um, you know, their goaltending isn't quite up to par, although he played well the first two games. It's not the same as uh, what Tampa has between the pipes. And I know a lot of people were getting on Bassey after seven goals uh, in game two, but he didn't really have a lot of help in front of him. You know, the the, the uh, veteran eye to a hockey game would, would know that. You know, uh, people will say, oh, this guy is supposed to be the greatest goalie in the world. Yeah, he is, you know, he, but the greatest goalie in the world can't do anything without help. Um, so you saw it. Tampa came out on fire last night. Uh, they, they put six on him. Uh, there's a, I heard a lot of analysts today talking about should they go back to Frankie instead of Kemper. Um, and I don't know that that's that it's the right time right now to do that. I mean, their backup goalie is six and zero in the playoffs this year. Uh, Kemper was hurt for a little bit, and uh, old Frankie played pretty well. And this is the guy they had on their roster when they decided to bring Kemper in in the off season after Grubauer split. But I don't think it's that time yet. Um, I mean, I think this is a big game right here for, for Colorado. Um, I, I think you want to try and get a stranglehold against these guys and go up 3-1 three, uh, three, and give yourself a chance to win at home uh, in game five. But here's the thing. Like, you know, the, the scary part is for them, you know, say Tampa comes out and they take both home games. Now the series is 2-2. Two to two. Um, I don't think you want to face Tampa Bay in a game seven. I don't care how good you are. That team can find a way to win one game. Uh, now I'm still picking Colorado in six. That's still my pick. 
but that's the pick right there. That's the thing. That's the pick. And I did not interrupt you, but the one stat I heard today I want to throw out there is this is the, I believe it's 23rd straight year that there is not going to be a sweep in the uh, Stanley Cup finals. Right. 23 straight years, nobody has been swept. So to me, it just shows that there is a lot of, you know, a lot of good teams. You're not going to sweep this. It's, they were going to lose a game. And if there's a game they were going to lose, they got embarrassed in game two. They're coming home for game three. That's the game they're going to show out for. That's the game they're going to be the most pumped up for. The abs weren't able to handle the full pressure of it. I don't think Tampa's going to come out as strong in game four, although I do think there's a very good chance they could also win game four. So I'm not saying they can't win game four, but even if they do, I'm still picking the abs in six. I think the abs go back, go back home in game five. I think they win there. Right, because I believe it's – is it 1-1-1 one, 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 or do they do 2-3-2? Two, two? So it's uh, it's going to be 1-1-1 one, one, one after that. So they'll go to Colorado yeah, for so five, go back Tampa to Colorado. for six, and then Colorado for so seven. I, I think I think they go home no matter what. They, they either win it in five, they can somehow win this game. Otherwise, I think when they go up 3-2, they're going to win that game in Colorado, and then they're going to come back to Tampa and – uh, I think, and you know, Vasilevsky's streak there of dominance. Um, so I that, that's the way I see the series playing out. But I mean, this that just goes to show you you can't expect to sweep this series. You never could. No, no, not at all. And that's the thing. You're playing these guys are back to back champs for a reason. And there's the argument that well, last year they played Montreal, who kind of went on a fairy tale run, and then. Uh, Tampa beat Montreal in five last year. And then there's the idiots who want to say that Tampa threw game four because they wanted to win it at home. I mean, that's just ridiculous. Anyone who would say that doesn't know what they're talking about. Um, teams don't do that. You have a chance to bring home the title. You go home and have your parade, but you win that title in whatever building you need to win that title. And um, you don't leave it up to chance like that. You don't throw game four of a series just because you want to go back and win a game five, you know, and that's what some people are saying from last year, but I'm with you. I think um, there's a good chance Tampa finds a way to win game four. Colorado goes back home, uses the elevation to their advantage. That's something that has been brought up a lot. I meant to bring it up last week, but as you guys know, I was in the car and then I was at the rink trying to get into the rink. Um, you know, the elevation is a big factor here. Even though Tampa got out there early, I would hope. I mean, they had the time off. They had about three, four days between the two series. They should have gotten up to that elevation and ran a couple hard practices. But then they also had two games off between games one and two. I think there was a scheduling conflict at the arena uh, in Colorado. So they, they gave them those two. That or they wanted a Saturday night uh, game. But, um, you know, uh, the, the elevation – Shouldn't have been a factor by that point, um, but it is a big factor. You know, your lungs, it, it's hard for your lungs, especially Tampa plays at sea level. You know, they're not used to it. So some people are using that excuse. I just think Colorado's that good. They're that fast. They just, Tampa found a little bit of a, a solution, but you expect Colorado to make an adjustment. This game four, I think, is not going to be your 6-2 or 7 nothing game. I think we're going to see a grinded-out game. There's a good chance Tampa finds a way to win. Colorado, like you said, will go back home, probably win. And then I think game six is where Colorado figures out how to beat them in Tampa. Uh, that's where Colorado on six comes into play. But I'm still, if it goes to a seven, I'm still going to pick Colorado. But um, I'm going to be a little, little frightened. You know, by that being my pick, because 
again, I, the Tampa is the one team that I do not want to play in a game seven. Give them a chance to steal a series because they have all the tools to do it. Yeah, and I actually asked, Fife, um, you know, looking at the rest of this series, do you think we're more likely to see a game like game one or a ga- uh, games like two and three? I think game four is going to be more like game one. Yeah, where it's I, tight. Like, I think you kind of meant – you said it before, and I think it's kind of the, the perfect way to say it is like – I mean, you knew if you won game two – Tampa was already going to be ridiculously high in game three. But to then pile it on the way they piled it on, I mean, uh, you kind of added insult to injury and really just gave them even more fuel to the fire. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, it's easy for a team in that case to be like, oh, man, maybe the magic's over. But this isn't that type of team. Their coach won't let them be that, you know. So that's why they came out and gave game three with an answer. And their coach is a very good coach. Um, so I expect Colorado to make a few adjustments off of Tampa's adjustments and we're going to see, you know, Kucherov is a question mark right now. I'm hearing from Tampa that, um, he's looking good. He may play, but there was a a rough hit, um, on him by Taze. And, uh, a lot of people are calling it a cheap shot. I, you know, I don't think anyone ever goes out intentionally trying to injure a guy. What he did was he sort of raked down with his stick. It was a cross check. I'm not sure if there was a call. I actually missed last night's game. I was beat. I was digging ditches all day. I'm a ditch digger. You guys know. Um, So I was digging ditches all day and I was just beat. I went to bed pretty early last night, but I saw all the highlights, the replays. I don't know if there was a call. You could have called a cross check. I, you know, you're never intending to bend a guy's leg in a weird way and try and end his season that way you know as good as cooch is um it's not something you're trying to do yeah you might want to try and take a shot on the guy and make let him know you're there but you're not trying to injure a guy you want to hurt him but you don't want to injure him um so i don't see it as much of a cheap shot maybe as everybody does i think the guy was just trying to grind him down on the hip while he was crossing over um and they're just a you know, bent them the wrong way. Kuch went down. So Kucherov is the question mark going into game four. And that's a big player for Tampa. But you got to give a lot of credit to their captain. We've talked about him in the past series. Uh, Stamkos, when they need him to perform, he performs. And Stamkos is, is playing great. He's, he's a great leader. And that's sort of what they need right now. So Kuch or no Kuch, um, you know, Stamkos is going to come out and have a game. I can assure you that. Fair enough there. So we got the game six prediction still holding tight on that one. So we'll see how that plays out. I don't know if you guys got anything else you want to throw in. No, other than the games have definitely been worth watching. I'll think other than game two, really. Mm. All right. So we can move on here. And like, this is normally the spot where we'd go to baseball because we talked about all the other sports, but I want to throw something in here and, I see Eric left, so hopefully everything's okay with him. But I, I, I want to bring this up. I was kind of – I didn't know if anybody else would be the one to bring this up. I So we all know that at one point I was probably the biggest wrestling fan on this show. I still kind of loosely follow it. Has anyone been following this whole Vince McMahon stuff? Uh, no, I mean, I heard he's stepping down, but I didn't, like, really read into it. 
<laughs> I just wanted to bring it up and see if anybody had any thoughts here. Fife, I know you like to throw the Ric Flair drip around every now and then. <laughs> there you go. Well, can Here's you elaborate he... a little bit? Okay. So Vince McMahon, it was announced on Thursday, I believe, that the board of directors of WWE was investigating a payout that Vince McMahon made in upwards of $3 million. It was a hush-hush payment made to a former employee, I guess, to keep her from spilling some things in terms of sexual relationships and such. And then on Friday, it was announced that while the investigation was going on, Vince McMahon has stepped down as CEO of the WWE, which, of course, is the company that he's been synonymous with for over 30 years now. Three, third generation promoter. The generation is father, excuse me, the promotion is father and grandfather ran. He is now no longer the CEO. Stephanie McMahon is the acting CEO. So, I mean, isn't that something that's gone on in the WWE for quite some time? You know, don't they all... <laughs> just have relations and it's just a part of it i don't you know i don't really know what to say about it if he's stepping down that kind of shows that things aren't going to go in his favor um, but i mean let's be honest it's been falling off for a long time like yeah vince took his father's and grandfather's thing and made it what it was when i was in middle school high school which was sell out every arena for monday night thursday night whatever and in my opinion, um, they just haven't had that superstar. Um, they haven't had the Undertakers. They haven't had the Rocks. They haven't had those guys. Stone Cold. Stone Cold to me was like one of the last great ones. Um, they made an effort with Cena. The kids loved them, but I never bought the whole you can't see me gig. I don't know. It just wasn't for me. Um, so that's that whole thing has been falling off for a while. Oh, you know, they're blacking out the upper decks um, like a, like the Arizona Coyotes, you know. Um, so <laughs> I'm just, uh, you know, whatever. He's stepping down. I don't see Stephanie being able to make it any better. Um, I never really liked her character either. I thought she was very whiny on the sh when she was there, when I was a kid at least. Um, Shane would make me laugh from time to time when he came out. So hopefully he's involved in some way. I would love to see see the WWE get back to what it was when I was younger, but I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, that's fair. Dave, I'll let you go first. I don't know if you have any thoughts on this. Uh, I can't say I really do. I mean, the guy's been running the thing for how freaking long, so I mean, <clears throat> it sucks for him, but, you know, is forcing him to retire or step down. Um, but I'm not surprised that why has to step down either. So, mm. Yeah, I mean, I would... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, when it's really all said and done, whoever takes over, you just hope they put out an even better product. <laughs> True. True. I will say this. If you were watching in the late 90s and early 2000s, I think you know what Fife was basically saying that uh, are you surprised by this? No, not at all. And Fife, like you said, it, it hasn't been the same in a very long time. Um, pro wrestling in general hasn't been the same in a very long time. Unfortunately, the people who are doing things now took all the worst lessons out of the Attitude Era, at least in my opinion. 
And, um, you know, we're a long way from those glory days. And, uh, you know, you, you said the thing about wanting to bring it back to what it used to be. Unfortunately, if you look back on a lot of the stuff they did during that time, you'd never be able to do anything like that nowadays. So unfortunately, they are where they are. We don't have to spend a lot of time on this. I just wanted to bring this up for something different to talk about so we can move on here. Um, I know Eric is not here right now, but uh, does anybody have a problem? We talk some baseball. Oh, no you have- All right. Bring it full circle. There we go. All right. So I got to look. Um, I mean, Fife, you guys had a good run. 14-game winning streak for you Braves was ended on Friday. And I said this last week. You, you didn't get to hear it, but uh, that's impressive that you guys had a 14-game winning streak. It did cut the Mets' lead down to about four and a half games, and then the Mets finally got to take on some weaker competition last week. They won two out of three from the Braves, three out of four from the Marlins. Entering play tonight, I believe the lead was still at five and a half games. You guys uh, did wind up taking the final game of the series against the Cubs. Uh, You took last night's game against the Giants. I I will say this. I still say this team is different in everything because, yet again, another player has a health scare for the Mets last week. Tyler McGill goes on the disabled list. Eduardo Escobar has to be taken out of the uh, stadium by an ambulance. Uh, And they still didn't really release what was wrong with him. Apparently, he had some sort of dizzy spell and blurred vision. So they took him to the hospital, but he was back two days later and hit a couple um, insurance run RBIs last night. The one thing that really worries me about this team is I don't know how many more bullets this team can take and keep dodging them. Like Max Scherzer is making a rehab start tonight in Binghamton. If everything goes well, he's expected to make a start for the Mets on Sunday. If I had to guess, Jacob DeGrom is still at least a month away from coming back, which is good and everything. Um, Pete Alonzo and Francisco Lindor are still top five in RBIs. The fact that the Mets, I've been saying for a couple years now, this is a team that has always had problems uh, hitting with runners on base. They have the highest batting average in baseball with runners in scoring position this this season, which is just incredible to me. The fact that they still lead the league in runs. I don't know how many more injury scares this team can take, though, until it's no longer a scare. Somebody goes out for a while and it kills the lineup. Like Jeff McNeil uh, pulled something in his, um, well, I don't know if it was a pull, but he aggravated something in his hamstring and he's day to day. But he may wind up being back in a couple days. So that's just what worries me because we have a long season to go as we've talked about. And it's a battle of attrition. And I'm just worried how much more this team can take. Vife, I don't know if you if you have anything you'd like to chime in there. Uh, no, you know, I'm just it's, – it's good to see my – my boys were under 500 there for a while. They went on that streak, like you said. Maybe they played a little looser competition here and there. But uh, 14 games is 14 games. Exactly. They brought themselves up to arguably the third best record in the National League. I mean, I know the Brewers are 39 and 30, and the Braves are 39, 29. The Brewers are oh. in their division. But uh, you do. 39, you, 29 is a better record than 39 and 30. No, you do have the third best record you know, in, so in the they, league. They you do. In the National League, yeah. So they, they, they've clawed themselves back into, uh, you know, contention. And, and, you know, they're still figuring stuff out. Um, so, 
like I said, for me with baseball, it's a, it's a very long haul, um, and you want to be healthy and playing your best baseball. The keyword healthy uh, and playing your best baseball come playoffs, come a month before playoffs. You know, it's when you really want to start rolling. Um, so right now, to me, it's about just staying where you're at. Um, try not to drop 14 in a row after you win 14 yeah. in a row, you know. Uh, three and one every four games is not bad with the position that they're in right now. So um, just keep plugging away and, and see what magic can happen possibly in the playoffs. You know, they're only going to get healthier as they go. You know, they were banged up to start the year out a little bit. So, you know, things are coming together. It's good to see. And, uh, you know, I'm happy to watch it, you know, here and there if I catch it. Uh, I've been pretty busy lately with the kiddo and stuff like that. You know me, I've told you a hundred times I'm not a 162 game watcher, but if I'm flipping through and I catch them on, um, I watch them. But it's a lot of my TV watching time is either the NHL playoffs right now or um, catching up on shows that I've missed. <laughs> right on there. Dave, you got anything you want to chime in? Uh, not really, man. Just happy to keep the uh, Mets playing well for you, bud. Yeah, hopefully it continues. He's back, so I'll let him chime in here a little bit. Let me just wait until he gets his audio. All right, Eric's back there. Um, I am so, back. Good, yeah. good to be back. Yes, you are. The, uh, Good to have you back. Yeah, do I sound better this time? I hope so. Actually, yeah, absolutely you do. Yeah. So we're we're on baseball right now. I just talked a little Mets here. I If you would like to throw in some about your Yankees, go right ahead, sir. All right. Now, I just have to ask one question. I know we're in baseball. I'm not trying to change the topic. I just want to know if we've talked about this earlier in the show and I'm just late to the game. Did we mention the NBA Finals at all yet? We did. Okay. Circle back to that later. To talk about my Yankees, 50 and 17. If they can find a way to win tonight, 51 and 17. They'd be playing 750 baseball. Unprecedented. It's like, it, it, I mean, I was even looking it up. I believe uh, before the All-Star break, the record for wins is like 66 wins. In order for the Yankees to break that, I think they got to go like 16 and 14 or like, 17 and 13 over their next like 31 games. It's something stupid. Uh, like it's something very, very achievable. So especially with the caliber they've been playing this team, what they've been able to do, especially with guys like Gallo batting under 200 Hicks, you know, recently coming on a little bit, but for the most part been absolute trash all year. Um, it's been on this pitching staff that that's been the difference in this team. I'll, I'll preach it every week. Uh, the starting pitching for this team has been unbelievable. Uh, they've given up the fewest runs in baseball. They've also second in the league behind your Mets, Mike, for runs scored in baseball. Mm. Um, so, I mean, they're, they're doing just about everything right. And it continues even with guys still slumping in the lineup. They're still getting timely hits. They're still getting big hits. They're still hitting home runs. They're, they're on an incredible pace. I mean, you got a guy like Rizzo. Was he have like 18 or 19 home runs already this year? He's been really good. He's been, he's, he's been, he's been excellent for, for, for not getting a guy like Freeman, who I know a lot of Yankee fans in the offseason, we're hoping the Yankees would throw big money at Freeman. The production we're getting out of Rizzo and the play we're getting out of Rizzo, whether it's his glove at first or his bat right now, 
he's been tremendous. You can't really ask for much more. And I mean, we got him at, you know, less than half the price, I think, of what they're paying, you know, Freeman. So I don't know. It's kind of a win in my book. I actually don't see it as a terrible move. I'm kind of glad they, they went that route and uh, re-signed him. Um, but yeah, team strong, looking good. And uh, sticking with the mantra, Mike, you got me on it. We're doing all right. <laughs> Doing all right. We're just gonna keep saying we're doing all right. Absolutely. Too high. We're not gonna get too low. Listen, baseball is a streaky sport. They could have two weeks straight where they don't win many games. Like I said, they're in the middle of a very tough stretch. After they get done with Tampa here, they have Houston for four. Then they have. I mean, they they they. It's not easy. These twenty games that they're playing in twenty one days or whatever it is, is a very very tough stretch of baseball. And if they could come out, like we talked about last week, even if I thought 10 and 10 was probably the low end of what they do, they're six and one right now going into tonight. You know, they're, they're already ahead of the curve. They're, they're already doing better than expected. So, I mean, you, if they can keep this pace, who knows, sky's the limit for the team. But, you know, my sister brought up something interesting before she, Aaron Boone was on the TV and she goes, didn't everybody want this guy fired? Like, you know, doesn't nobody want this guy here. And I turned to her and I said, listen, sister, what it is, is we want to see him do it in the postseason. Anybody right now could come in and win 100 games with this team. This team is is talented up and down the lineup. They're very good. They could win 100 games. That's not what we're asking Aaron Boone to do. What we're asking Aaron Boone to do is manage and coach this team to a World Series. And that's something he has failed to do. And that is where I feel like even if the Yankees have a historic season here, if they get knocked out in the first round, I'm still going to call for Boone's head. I'm going to be honest with you. Just, just be an honest fan. Like I, 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 I appreciate what he's doing now, but I need to see it translated to the postseason, if that makes sense. So all that being said, we're doing all right. We're playing great baseball. Uh, I think they're down right now. I believe it's 2 nothing, but I, I know uh, they had second and third, so I'm not sure what's going on in the game. But they're, uh, you know, they're playing great, and I got no complaints. So, um, yeah, we're doing all right. <laughs> hey, before we circle back to baseball, I'd like to ask the two baseball – or, I'm sorry, basketball. I'd like to ask the two baseball as experts about three teams. All right? All right. I'd like to hear your opinions on these three teams. Give me one second. Is it the Braves, the Mets, and the Yankees? No, no, not at all. Um, I think we already, I think we already covered that. So, so what I wanted, to, what I wanted to ask about were the Dodgers, the Padres, the Dodgers who are forty and twenty-five, the Padres who are forty-two and twenty-seven, and the Astros who are forty-one and twenty-five. All three teams are five hundred in their last ten games. What's happened and why? And I only asked that because you brought up Freeman. So, yeah, I figured I'd circle into the Dodgers, the Padres, and Astros. Oh, yeah, Astros are in the AL, but I just want to know what you guys think as to why they've dropped off a little bit. But, see, you look at it, and have they really dropped off, though? I mean, the Dodgers are playing 615 baseball. If you did the math out on that, it's like a 97 or 98-win team. Like, they're they're playing really well, even though I know they're only 5-5 in their last 10. Baseball is just that streaky kind of sport. You're never going to have a team that just, you know, goes undefeated or, or even comes close to it all the time. It's a sport where most years the best record in baseball is around 600 or, or you know, around 650, if that, you know. 
You're mm-hmm. in that range. You're right around. A, you're 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 a hundred win team. You know, if you're six fit, you know, fifty team. So it, I, I don't know. I look at it. Um, I see all these teams as really good teams. But all the teams you mentioned are teams to watch out for. The Dodgers are a team that could absolutely win it all this year. Like, regardless of the stretch of baseball they're playing right now, I don't think there's anybody out there that would see this team falling off a cliff somewhere. So I just look at it as these teams, even though they've had a little bit of a rough stretch here, these are going to be the teams we're talking about come September. These are going to be you're, – you're going to hear the Astros. They're not going anywhere. You're going to hear about uh, the Dodgers specifically, and it's probably going to be a pretty tight race because I think the Dodgers are going to end up running away with the division. But I think it's going to be a real tight race but end up between uh, San Diego and San Francisco um, out there, you know, shuffling for position as well. So, um, I, I don't know. I think they're all really good teams and as far as why they've, you know, had some stretches and they're all 500 in their last 10. Um, I just think that's part of baseball. And a lot of times if you can go six and four in a 10 game stretch, that's pretty good. So mm. five and five, you know, that's actually kind of average if you think about it. So we're playing average baseball right now. They're all above average teams. And uh, I think you'll start to see that as the season rounds out. I just think that we're getting close to the all-star break. We're starting to get close to certain things, yeah, almost the halfway point of the season. Um, you know, I just think a lot of that plays into it too. So I, I, I don't know. Hope I answered your question. I don't know. It might take over from here, but that that's kind of my reasoning for why they are the way they are. But I, I think they're all teams you should continue to watch and watch for watching the standings. And, you know, I'm sure we'll be talking about them again come the fall. Well, I mean, the, the one thing I'll throw in with the Dodgers there, because I, I'm not going to pretend that I've followed any of those three teams closely. What I do know about the Dodgers is that before the Mets series, they got swept by the Pirates. Recently, in this 10-game stretch that we're talking about, they got swept by the Giants, who are a really good team. I think the bigger problem for the Dodgers is they've – well, there's three things. They've lost Mookie Betts for a couple weeks. He's got a rib issue. They lost Walker Bueller, who was their top starting pitcher. He may not be back until September at the earliest there. They may be lucky to get him back for the playoffs, so that's going to be a big problem. But the truth is, when it comes to the Dodgers – I looked at the way they were setting their lineup when they were playing against the Mets, and they start there. And I know this is analytics and its finest here. The three best players are Betts, Freeman, and Trey Turner, and they have them betting back to back to back one to three. Now the rest of the lineup is good, but to me, it's not even close to as good as that. Like you got Murderers Row at the top of the lineup, and then you just don't have that after that. So that's why in that Mets series, you saw them bring Edwin Diaz in in the eighth inning to face their top three hitters in the hopes that, you know, in the ninth inning, they could put in a reliable setup guy and get through a significantly weaker part of that lineup. Now, that didn't work out in that particular moment, but that's a strategy I'd employ every time facing them. If you get your best relief pitcher to face those guys late in the game and then just put in an adequate setup, man. Nine times out of ten, you'll probably beat that. So I look at that as lineup construction, plain and simple. With the Padres, they've done they've done well. Machado's been really good this year. Pitching staff's done really good this year. They made some good moves to bring in some starting pitching. They definitely have the depth. 
The thing I'd watch out for with them is when they get Fernando Tatis Jr. back, because I think he was supposed to be back by now, but I think the injury's taken a little longer for him to get back for. If he comes back and he's anything like the Fernando Tatis Jr. that we know for those last two months, they're a dangerous team. And the Astros, like, Eric, I don't, I, I feel like you probably know more about them than I do. I know they just lost their starting shortstop a couple, uh, maybe last week, who wasn't a big bat threat, but was definitely good defensively. It seemed like he was an adequate replacement for Carlos Correa. I just think with them, like, they're a dangerous team. I don't look at them as the same as they were two or three years ago, truthfully. Like, they've taken some hits in free agency. Like, you look at the rest of the AL West, they probably are the best team there. But um, when you had guys like Springer and Correa with Altuve and Bregman and and all those different bats, Jordan Alvarez, I think, has been playing out of his mind recently. I just think losing those guys, they have not exactly replaced them the way that they wanted to, I think. Um, I'd agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one thing I wanted to bring up with you though, Mike, and I guess we could yeah, I want to get Dave's opinion quick because I know he's got to get out of here soon. Sure. Um because sure. I think we're on uh grounds we haven't seen in a long time, Mike, and I'm gonna I'm gonna throw something out there. You're probably not gonna want to hear this. <laughs> but I think this is the best chance and the best like, honestly, this is the closest we're probably going to have to root for a Mets-Yankees Subway Series World Series again. Like, <laughs> this is as close as we've come. We've never seen the Mets and the Yankees in this position where they are the two best teams in baseball this late into a season. It's, it's never happened. And to see that, see both the way both the teams are playing, see the way the Mets are tearing the cover off the ball, the way they've been able to pitch without some of their best pitchers even pitching on the staff, and the way they've been able to pull out games, what the Yankees have been able to do. This would be a fun series. It would be an interesting series. And it's actually something I'm starting to root for. I'm going to be honest. I'm mm. starting to root for it. I don't know how you guys feel, but I think this is the best chance we have seen in the last 23 years to, to get a, a subway series here. What do you guys think? <laughs> I'm going to let you guys go first here. Dave, go ahead. All right. I'll tell you right now, if you have a subway series, I will watch every game of the series. <laughs> um, there are very few ways to get me interested in a full baseball game. And you can bet your ass the Yankees and the Mets going against each other for a World Series title would be one of the ways to make that happen. So um, with that said, I also think that um, you are 100% correct. Mike is not happy you even brought that concept up. Um, and I also think that when you look at it, I think you kind of hit on it earlier, Eric, was like, can Boone do it in the playoffs as a manager? And then, Mike, you brought this up earlier. Can the Mets keep dodging some of the bullets that they've had to dodge so far this year? So it's like one of those things where, like, I love the idea. I'm all in on the idea. Give me the idea if it can possibly happen. But at the same time, I, it's very hard to sit here and just say, 
yeah, I see it happening just because you, of the points that both of you mentioned earlier. Um, but yeah, if you, if you want to actually hear Dave say, he watched a seven game series and all nine innings of all seven games. That's about the only way you're going to make that happen. Okay. Uh, let's, let's hear I love from it. Let's root for it, Dave. Let's root for it. Let's, um, uh, let, let's, uh, let's hear from the guy who publicly stated for the record a couple weeks ago he hates both New York teams. Let's get Fife's take on this. Well, it's pretty – It's as a casual baseball fan, which I think it's safe to call me a casual baseball fan. Sure. Um, especially the way I described, you know, I, I catch it if, it's, if I catch it, you know. Um, there's – so let's just, for argument's sake, say that the Yankees are in the World Series. The order that I would want to see the National League teams in the World Series are obviously one, the Braves. Give me a little redemption from the 90s, a shot at it. Um, two, for me – this season is the Dodgers uh, because it's two big baseball historic franchises and Freddie's over on LA, you know, um, but I think the Braves beating LA to get there would be even better. Uh, but if LA were to beat the, knock the Braves out and Freddie made it to a, world, a second world series, I wouldn't be too upset about it. And then the third is the Mets Yankees because of what it is. It's the subway series. I mean, you know, there's a lot of things where, uh, you know, if you had teams from the same market, uh, you know, the, the league might worry about it because only that market is going to watch. But that's not the Yankees and the Mets. I mean, that's a national thing. There's fans from both of those teams throughout the country. Um, a lot of fans for both of those teams, maybe a little more the Yankees than the Mets. But there's a lot of Mets hats out there, in the Midwest, the West, things of that nature. Um, so, I mean, in my order of National League teams to face the Yankees, if for argument's sake, the Yankees are there, would be the Braves, the Dodgers, and then the Mets, even though I can't stand either New York team. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, Dave, I, I know you see, said you got... You're a good sport fan there, because you're, you're rooting for the best possible outcome. You want to see the most entertaining, intriguing game. Even if you hate both teams, you still want it to be interesting, well, and I can yeah, appreciate the... that. The World Series is electric, but when you get New York uh, fan bases for both sides, I mean, that place is going to be rocking. I mean, it's going to be rocking every single game, no matter what. It's the World Series, right? Mm -hmm. But when you bring it to a place like New York and you have the Mets versus the Yankees, uh, I mean, that's, you know, I mean, the place is going to go nuts. And I love mm -hmm. that. I love atmosphere when it comes to sports. That's a huge thing to me. Like, I love a good atmosphere. That's why I like the, you know, not to bounce the football, but I like the conference championships more so sometimes than the Super Bowl because it's just not as electric at the Super Bowl. Like, the home team for the conference games, the, the, I mean, the place is going wild. And hmm. that's, what, that's what I would think I would enjoy about a Subway Series. It's just seeing how wild it was and that electric atmosphere. I mean, I, as much as I don't like the teams, I can admit that it would definitely bring that to the table. All right. Dave, I know you got to leave. I hope you will give me a couple minutes here because this is how I choose to answer this question. Um, I told you guys that I've been thinking a lot about storybook endings and dream scenarios. And I'm going to put this in the form of a hypothetical because let's say hypothetically, I've thought about 
the Mets possibly winning a World Series. Let's just say hypothetically I've thought about this and a storybook ending and one that exercises all the demons of the last 36 years. Let's just say hypothetically I've thought of this one. Well, you know, if you want to put to bed demons from years like 1998, 2007, and 2008, 2019, and 2020, and 2021, make the playoffs, finish the job, do it with good contact hitting, timely hitting, scoring with runners on base, do it with quality bullpen pitching, do it with quality pitching in general. So then you make the playoffs, you've already knocked off all those demons. In terms of teams, I take the Dodgers out of this scenario because, yes, the Dodgers did beat the Mets in 1988 on the backs of Mike Socha, Kirk Gibson, and Oral Hershiser. But if you look at records, in 2006 and 2015, the Mets beat the Dodgers in the NLDS both times. So that, that demon, we don't need to face that. So in the NLDS this year, it, hypothetically, it would have to be the St. Louis Cardinals. Get the demon of 2006 off your back. And then we get to the NLCS. And we would have to face a demon that we are one and one against in NLCSs traditionally, because while the Braves did beat the Mets in the 1999 NLCS, the Mets did beat the Braves in 1969's NLCS to win their first championship. So it would have to be the Braves, hypothetically, to get the monkey of, two, uh, to, of uh, 1999 off their bat and shut Fife up once and for all. Well, and if we get, yeah, maybe. Mm. Maybe it depends. Um, and if we month, get it, wait a minute, I'm not done. I'm not done. Hold commentary till the end, please. Thank you. And if we get all those demons off our backs, all those demons off our backs, then fate and destiny take in. And hypothetically, in this scenario, it can only be one team, not just the demon of 2000, not just the demon of Roger Clemens. But of all these years of being looked at as younger brother and not being taken seriously. And in that scenario, fate and destiny would hypothetically take over and it would have to be the Yankees. That's the only way for a storybook ending. That's the only way to exercise every demon this franchise has had for 36 years and truly start us off on a different path. Hypothetically, of course. Of course. <laughs> yeah, Mike, that was worth staying on for, but I really do got to jump, my man. I don't. No problem. Um, but guys, always happy to be able to be with all of you. Fife, congrats on your uh, championship. I think it was Sunday you texted us. Um, I yes, think sir. you're going for number two tonight. Uh, tonight we're just going to try and hit ten and zero. Uh, this season runs until the end of August. Oh, okay. So here's the ten and zero for you, Mike. You know it's always a pleasure, Eric. Absolutely, Eric Tresler with what you texted us about earlier. Here, if you need anything, prayers and oh, love, good, my friend. I yeah, appreciate prayer. it. Thank you, thank you. Of course, prayers, love, and support all the way. And uh, yeah, I'm on with you guys. Um, I got two more shows with you guys, and then I'm, I'm I got to miss a week if I'm doing my math right. I think that's yeah. all right. Yeah, yeah. two more and then I real quick, speech. real quick, Dave, real quick, just so you know, my synopsis on the NBA, the Warriors, there was no doubt. End of story. Like you know, give them the championship. But they, they <laughs> it was theirs. It was theirs from the start. So uh, that that that's all you need to hear. Stay sweaty, my friend.
I, I would genuinely say you called it from uh, probably about two, three before the season ended that they were going to win. So no, no, uh, no arguments here for me, but I'll catch you all next week. You have yourselves have a good, good one. one. Uh, yeah, take it easy. Stay sweaty. Later, Dave. Take care, Dave. All right, so that was the hypothetical scenario. Now you guys can comment. Um, I like all the parts up until you get to the Yankees, and then we, <laughs> and then we spank your ass. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm the same at the NLCS. You want me to be honest, though. <laughs> you want me to be honest, though, Eric. Like, here's the thing, though. If we really did get to that point, given the way you've been talking and you utilizing my catchphrase and everything. I feel like nobody would be criticizing our own teams more than we would. Because I feel like now I've gotten into you a little bit there, and you can take that however you want. I didn't mean that as a pun, but words came out. They're there. I'm going to stick my up. I think my mindset has kind of infiltrated you a little bit there, and I don't think you're going to be as cocky as you might have been in years past. I'm not cocky right now, to be honest with you. Because to be honest, by the time we get to the playoffs, if you have Scherzer and DeGrom back, it's fucking scary. I can't yes. look at your team and dismiss them. Like uh, you'd be stupid to do that with the way they hit and the way they can pitch. It's that they're, they're a really good combo right now. You're you're reaping the the Steve Cohen benefits already. You're you're that you're that younger brother who has now grown up to be like as big like and as strong as your older brother. So you're like <laughs> feeling yourself a little bit, and you're like, oh yeah, you know, hey. You know, I'm going to start, you know, pushing back a little bit. You know, I, I get to see it. Listen, it's going to happen. Steve Cohen's going to want to come in, make some splashes, and he's done a great job so far. Can't fault anything the Mets have done, and they've done it without the, the two best pitchers. If they get them back come playoff time, fuck, man, I don't think any team's going to really want to play the Mets, especially the way they're playing now. You add those guys, it, it only gets better. I, I, don't, I don't know. They're, they're going to be a tough out for anybody, but I think the Dodgers are going to be a tough out. I think the NL is actually a tougher route this year than the AL. Not that mm-hmm. the AL isn't tough because, again, I do think t- Toronto's tough. Boston's coming on. Tampa's really good. Houston. And I got to be honest, I don't really worry about anybody in the Central. Um, no, so it's really no, no. the only thing. The only teams I worry about knocking off the Yankees are one of the other teams in the division um, or Houston. Uh, but, you know, I – uh, you know, you take your chances there. You know, the Yankees and Houston have history. Um, but I do think the Yankees are a better ball club this year. So I think their pitching is better. I think overall their team is better. So I, I think the Yankees can come out of the East, especially if they keep playing well and they avoid the injury bug, which they've thankfully been able to do so far for the most part. Um, I, the, the sky's the limit for the Yankees. And again, the Mets, in the NL, it's going to be a tougher race, I think. But at the same time, there's a team out there that's going to want to face him come play all the time. And, you know, Eric, you always, you know, you mentioned big brother, little brother. And there's always a chance that when little brother starts feeling tough, big brother takes advantage of the situation, and figures out a way to put little brother through a table and then have to buy their buddies a new living room set the next day. Exactly. You know, it just <laughs> happens sometimes. You know, you got to. You know, the bigger the older brother is teaching the younger brother lessons, even at an older age, even when you know he's a little bigger and a little stronger, he's a little wiser still. So, mm, you know, watch yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, well, no, I will. Living I, rooms I, are sacrificed. I want to throw That's one what Walmart's are for. There you go. <laughs> I want to throw one statistic out there before Fife, you chime in on this here. In that hypothetical dream scenario, 
if the Mets were to win this year, it would be the third championship in franchise history since 1962. How many championships did the Braves have since 1962? You know, I probably couldn't tell you off the top of my head, Michael. Two. Uh, can I guess? Can I guess? I, I mean, I just said it, but go right ahead. I didn't hear you say it. Uh, go so right maybe, ahead. Maybe you said it. I, I know they have at least two from the 90s, right? Well, yes, that's correct. Well, I, no, have- that, I, I thought you meant two all total. Yes, they have one from the 90s, two in the last 25 years. Yeah, yes. yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, but it, Oh, it's more than that. Win- oh, shit. The, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Didn't they win with Aaron? No, Didn't they win no, with no, 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 no. What I, when, when I said it was more than... I meant more than 25 years. It's actually been... What, that first one was 95? Last year was 27 yeah, years, actually. 27, 27. 28 years, yeah. Yeah. And they did not win one with Hank Aaron, no. Hmm. All right, then. Then, yeah, two. Two since 1962. That's how many the Braves have. That's okay. They were two. You know what, though? Fife's got two in his lifetime, though. And that's and that's shorter than since 62. So. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. I've got to see both. Although, Mike, you might not want to talk about 1962, because do you know what 1962 was? Yeah, the year the Mets lost 120 games, which is still the and single most the losses. For yeah, most losses yeah. in the season. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if you want to bring up 1962 too. I was well. First of all, you're the one bringing up that year specifically. I'm just bringing up how many championships each team have won since then. Okay, let's get that straight. You, and, hey, listen. You said how many since 62. I just didn't think you. You should have said how many since 69. You would have been better off. No, it's got to be the entirety of the franchise, the good and the bad. I was I I was actually that to be honest I was a stat I didn't know until I looked it up the other day. Yeah. Why I was looking it up I think I was looking it up because I was trying to see like who's had the most wins who's had the most losses whatnot and I was I was surprised to see a sixty two Met team is the worst ever with one hundred and twenty losses. That's all. There's no question there. I just I was just surprised. I'm back. I am here. There you go. Yeah. So you just realized that a few days ago? Yeah, no, I didn't know. That was a stat I I was unaware of. So no, uh, every every time, every time a team is close to 100 losses, I have to hear that statistic. So, yes, I am very familiar with that statistic. Yes. But again, seven years. And I do want to point out that you want to bring up since 1962, but we do double your total World Series uh, as a franchise. So. Uh, I mean, so I mean, yes, but it took you 150 years to get that. That's okay. That's all I right. mean, I'm just saying, I mean, if you're going to say double, I mean, what is that? Triple the amount of time that the Mets have been around. You guys can only That's get four right. four to two, so, baby. If you want to act like that means something, you go right ahead. <laughs> yeah, you go right ahead. All and right. As far as uh, when we were talking about inner city battles, like, let me tell you right now that uh, and I know it's not something that's possible for the other two teams, but uh, this season at least. But the MLB would much rather see a Mets-Yankees uh, World Series than, say, example, a Cubbies-White Sox World Series. You know, I, I think ratings-wise, you're probably right. But in terms of everything having to do with, like, the um, the lockout and the mid- and small-market teams, I think it may... 
I don't know, Eric, you can agree or disagree with me. I think they would be okay with that because it would kind of prove their point in terms of the owners who want to be stingy. I feel like they would use that as kind of a bee in their bonnet. If that's the proper use of I disagree a little bit because I think they would want a bigger market. So, I mean, I think they would want more of like an Angels-Dodgers World Series Mm. to get the L.A. market involved or the least California market involved. Um, again, Yankees, uh, Mets is a huge series. I think Yankees Dodgers is, I think they're like, they would jizz in their pants over. I I really do. I think it would be like, you know, ridiculous. Um, if they could get that because it'd be the two biggest markets in the country Mm, and baseball, we could be honest with ourselves here more than any other sport. It's a regional sport. Like, sure. You don't find guys who follow teams, really. I mean, like, outside of you, like, but that really follow a lot of teams outside of, the like, the metro they're in. You don't get a lot of games. Like, so unless you have an, a, a, you're super into baseball and you get a baseball package, you only get the main teams here. Just very regionalized, especially with all the TV different, uh, you know, different TV networks and coverage. So mm. um, I, I think they would want the bigger markets in there more than anything. Uh, I mean, listen, if they got two Chicago teams in there, I think they'd look at it as third biggest market in the country. We got both the teams. We'll take it. But I really think uh, either a Subway Series or uh, Angels Dodgers or really the the penultimate, you know, Royal Straight Flush would be the Yankees Dodgers, in my opinion. Mm. Right. And to add to that, my family is like the baseball oddity because my dad and I are both Braves fans. And then my brother is a Kansas City Royals fan. So my whole family's an oddity. Mm. But yeah. they're passionate and they root for their teams. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll say the one thing about the Braves. I don't know if this is still true, but I mean, what you said about it being a regional sport is true. For the longest time, like when Ted Turner owned TBS and CNN and all that stuff, Braves games were basically televised nationally on TBS. So I think that's I think why that's you get a decent they got more fans around. That's here, what I'm saying. Yeah, probably how Blake got involved is he was actually able to watch a couple games back when he was a kid. He didn't have to forget, you know, he got most of them. You know, that's well, what dad, I'm saying. My yeah, my dad was a big uh, Hank Aaron fan, so that's how he became a Braves fan as a young youngin. Um, so then my brother became a Royals fan for the quick story because he's a lefty. George Brett was a lefty. And then uh, that's probably, you know, you're probably right. That's what happened. I mean, basically, as a little kid, you know, you look up to your brother, you look up to your dad, you got one to choose. Well, which one do I see on TV all the time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. All right. Unless you guys got anything else to throw in here, I think we can move on from this. Eric, you got anything else sports-wise you wanted to bring up tonight? Uh, no, just uh update on the LIV, just picking up Brooks Kepka, four-time major winner, jumping over to the LIV. So, I mean, I think that's a little interesting doing it after the U.S. Open. Um, and they got DeChambeau too, right? Yeah, they got a bunch of guys. Nah, well, I was. I mean, well, DeChambeau was, is kind of a dick, though. I think so. I mean, well, I, that's I, I that's why I that's miss him. Well, no, that's why I was bringing it up. They got that rivalry continuing between the two of them now. Yeah, but they, I mean, they probably threw the kitchen sink at Kepka to do it. I mean, I don't know what those Saudis are doing and how they just print money the way they do, but they're they're throwing it around like candy. And here's my question. Why golf, of all things, is this what the Saudis are going to throw their money at? 
something that we bring up on occasion, the WWE, they've done things over there too. Why? Because they paid Vince McMahon a shit ton of money to bring stuff over there. Mm. Like they they had that like King of the Sour or like King of the Ring or whatever they called it or whatever it was a year or two ago where they did it. It's you know, the fight over there. I think um, the pay per views are called like Crown Royal and there's yeah, one other like one. That. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I mean again, they pay giant money to bring this stuff over there. I don't really understand why. I don't understand how. I don't understand where they get all the money unless this is just the money that we get, that our government gives them and then they just take and spend it on this. I don't know. I really huh. kind of wonder. Because I'm like, wh- what the fuck? Thanks for the money. <laughs> why can't, why can't they just stars. spread that around a little bit of all of us? If you're just going to yeah. fucking throw it away. Just throw it a little this way. How about that? Yeah. It is ridiculous. You got anything you want to throw in, Fife? No, I mean, uh, I'm pretty good on the sports front. If we're going to move on to TV at some point, I, I got to get moving here soon. I got to start getting myself geared up for 10 and 0. Uh, right. So I wouldn't wouldn't mind uh, just throwing something out there for you guys if uh, if you're ready for that. But I, you know, just well, like, I, oh, have qu- I have oh, a I have a question ahead. for you. I have a question for you actually. Did you ever see? I, I you had mentioned you're a Peaky Blinder fan. Did you get a chance to see the last season? I uh, so this is actually perfect because it has something to do with what I was going to say. Okay, um, I I went to start it. Um, I haven't really gotten too far into it yet. Uh, because I watched the first episode, but I had kind of a little half a snooter on. I was drinking whiskey that night. So um, I didn't want to keep going and not, like, remember. So and, sure. uh, it's been so long since I saw the last one. I'm, I'm having trouble kind of putting the last season together with this season. But that'll change as we go. But it does uh, – so I've only watched probably an episode or an episode in a few minutes. Um, but it does lead into what I was going to mention, um, actually, because they tie together, the two shows tie together. I've mentioned this to you guys many times. I'm not sure you guys watch the show, but, uh, one of my favorite shows that's been on TV for the last, um, this will be its sixth and final season. Um, so it's the show finale season, sixth season, uh, is Animal Kingdom on TNT. I think it's TNT. Yeah, it's yeah. TNT. Um, I don't know if you guys have gotten into it off of my recommendation, but Mike, since you are a Peaky Blinders fan, Michael Gray is one of the guy who plays Michael Gray is one of the Mm -hmm. main characters in Animal Kingdom. Um, And this is the sixth and final season here this this time. And there was some point after either the third or fourth season when you're kind of like, well, where are they going to go from here? Fourth. I was uh, and I think it was the fourth because I think that's where I dropped off. I actually did. When this season first, when the show first came out, I watched the seasons as they came out. So I mean, I was up. It, I think it got to be. It was either you're right, season three or season four, where I was just like, I don't know anymore, and then I kind of jumped off. Now my sister, my father, they all still watch it, and they're all like, "You're crazy for jumping off. It's good. You, like, you, you, you should watch and whatever." So they tell me all the time. Even just a little while ago, my sister was looking it up for my dad, making sure he had the channel. And, uh, you know, said he could watch it this week. Cause he didn't, he didn't even realize this sixth season came back yet. So my yeah, sister was like, summer. Oh, don't worry. I got it on the DVR and you know, uh, I'll make sure, you know, yeah, yeah it's, it's Sunday night, right? It comes on. Yeah. They, it kicked off. They actually kicked off with two episodes this Sunday. And I think that it, it is seems a like very good show. Mike. It is a very good episodes. show. Yeah. And yeah. basically Eric, we're right where you fell off. Um, in the next season, they really make it interesting by, um, 
Uh, they, they do, and I don't want to ruin it for you, but it, it doesn't really. I'll just tell you, they do flashbacks into how it all got started. Um, so they when, that, when Dennis Leary was there, was that see? Well, I know he's been, but was that see? When did he come in? Season three, season four? I think that was season three. Dennis Leary oh, is in this. Uh, yeah, he is at, at for some at, for some of it, not a lot of it, but for some of it. Yeah, and some then he it. he comes back and makes cameos. You know, he comes back in uh, from time to time for like an episode or two, because um, I believe he appeared in season four also, or season five, or whatever. Um, but now, so what they, they ended up doing, right. Uh, one of the, probably the season after you dropped off, cause I felt the same way. I was like, well, I really, really like this show, but where are they going to go with it from here? Uh, they, they, they're basically running two stories at the same time. So it bounces on you and you got to be able to pay attention to it, but, um, it's good. I like it cause you're getting the history of the family and how it all got started. Hmm. So they go back to basically, uh, Smurfs youth, you know? And then they start from there and it's continued into season six. So it's a really good show. And uh, if you can try and stomach through the, some of the stuff that turned you off, uh, you're not going to be disappointed, especially by season five. And the start to season six was really good as well. Hmm. You get background on all the characters. All right. I vaguely remember you saying this because when you first mentioned it, I had a thought. And then I remembered that the first time you mentioned it, I said that thought on here. Because I hear the name Animal Kingdom, I don't think an actual episodic TV show. I think like a documentary series or something. Right. That's what yeah. everybody says when I bring the show up. So yeah. maybe no. The one that the one show that I started watching though is the was uh, the new season of Stranger Things. That's the one thing I have started. A lot Three of guys episodes into that. What'd you say? It's a it's a good show. It's a good show. I'm gonna, I said I'm up to season or uh, no. I I, I was asking. I couldn't hear what Fife said on that one, but uh, you're up to, a, you, Oh, go ahead. I was saying there's a couple guys at work who watch that, so I, I asked them because when I hear Stranger Things, um, to me it's like some paranormal type of show. But then they explained to me actually what it is, and uh, it actually piqued my interest. So I may go back to whatever the first season is, and, and well, which would be season one, obviously. And yeah. I might watch. I might. Uh, I might pick it up and try and watch it. Well, you're not totally wrong in thinking it's a paranormal thing, but they incorporate a lot of stuff. It's a nostalgia fest, but it, it's a really good show. And I, I am curious, Eric. You said you got to episode three so far. Yeah, through I'm through episode three. Okay, in my opinion, episode four is like it's a it's a really good season. Episode four is probably my favorite episode of the season, and I'm sure if you've heard other people talk about it, they probably say the same thing. Okay. No. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, listen, it's a good show. Um, the one thing I will say I like better about it than like any of the stuff I've been watching on Disney Plus, which again, I don't hate the stuff I'm watching on Disney Plus either. But the one thing I like is they're at least letting the story breathe. Yes. They're giving yeah. it the time it needs. They're not rushing through it. Each of the episodes, I mean, like some of them were like an hour, like I think the second one was like an hour and 15 <laughs> minutes long. Like, oh, they're all that long, except the yeah, third I know, one. Like, yeah. Everyone's been at least an hour so far, and that's fine. But again, they're they're telling the story the right way without chopping it up and, you know, getting rid of, of some of that other shit that like it really is important to the story. And, you know, I, I like the fact that they're not rushing through it the same way it seems like the Disney Plus shows are kind of like rushing through some things, especially their endings. Mm-hmm. 
I will say this, though, because you're right about that. This season definitely did not feel rushed. It was funny. I don't know if you remember correctly. When we talked about this a few weeks ago, you had mentioned, oh, I heard that this season was short. And I just kind of went, uh, short's not the word I would use for it. <laughs> now you're finding well, sure, out. I mean, in, as terms, in yeah. terms of episodes, sure. what was it? The first, like, seven episodes came out, and then it's, what, the last, like, three or four that are coming out in July? Well, it's the last two, but supposedly last it's a combined two. four hours between them. So you're not totally wrong in saying three or four. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, I, I'll say this. You're right in what you're saying. Definitely not rushed. I, I will say there are some moments to me and some storylines that kind of drag. Like, um, I'm not going to say too much about it. There were a couple things that kind of dragged for me. But what you're saying is you, you're letting the story breathe and telling everything. Yeah, they definitely do that. No. Um, okay. Yep. Did Five you guys feet. watch? Did you guys watch, um, speaking of series that broke and then started again, I totally forgot. So I actually um, watched late, but I did binge watch it because I love the show so much. Did you guys watch Ozarks? I have not binged the last season yet, no. So I, I, I have to, uh, but I, the, yeah, I haven't, I haven't watched that. So other than that, um, yeah, I am up to this last season, though. So, yeah, I love Ozark. Ozark's a great show. Yeah, dude, watch the last part because uh, it's definitely worth it. Mm. I was just one of those shows I haven't gotten into yet. So uh, I'm sorry. I'd recommend it, Mike. I'd mm-hmm. recommend it. Absolutely, yep. it's a very good show. Mm-hmm. There were there were points of it where I was like, ah, maybe not, but it was only like an episode or two. You know, mm-hmm. um, it it starts out great and it ends great. I, Eric, I think you were bringing this up a couple weeks ago, too, because I had heard some mixed things about the final season of Ozark, even though, like I said, I have no point of reference here because I haven't watched the rest of it. So, Yeah, no, I haven't seen the last season yet, so I'm interested. I have heard some of the I've heard some mixed reactions, but I've heard mostly positive so far. Mm. Um, so I'm, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. I've enjoyed the show so far, and I can't imagine that it's going to fall off too far now. So. I'm just hoping they stick the landing because I got to be honest, I'm going to go back to it. But Disney Plus shows haven't been sticking the landing. So I, I, I need at least one of these other shows, one of these other streaming services start sticking some landings here. Although I do have to catch up on the boys as well. I am not caught up on this season of the boys. Um, that is something I want to catch up on as well. And uh, yeah. I hear crazy things about that show, but that's another show. I, I don't have Amazon Prime, so I haven't gotten that. It show. is a crazy, f- crazy fucking show. Mike. <laughs> Especially <laughs> yeah. when it comes to like the superhero genre and like yeah, yeah. we're all kind of like in with two. We talk about it. It's it, it's a, a crazy show like you. Mm. It's entertaining, though. Like you're you're not bored with it. I'll tell you that. You're like it's it's some of it's fucked up. <laughs> like, you should watch it. If you ever get a chance, you ever get Amazon prime or anything else, you ever get a chance to watch it. I would recommend five. I don't know if you've seen it, but I would recommend the boys to you as well. If you have not seen it. I have not, but I will, I will keep it on the list. It's hard for I'm, me to keep up with everything these days. Oh yeah. I'm, yeah. When you get to it again, but that's, that's the beauty of it is eventually when you get to it, you can just binge it. You know, <laughs> I'm going to mention this real quick. Cause I'm getting an alert on my phone from ESPN breaking news. Maple Leafs Austin Matthews wins the Hart Trophy as the NHL MVP over Connor McDavid and Igor Shesterkin. Wow. 
I mean, just you see the, the picture of this guy. Hang on, I gotta send you the picture that ESPN put on their app of this guy. I'm about to send it in our group chat here. You guys take a look at this picture and tell me if this guy, this guy, should be the face of anything up there. <laughs> like You're talking about that uh, caterpillar. You, Oh, no, I'm talking about that. And, I mean, you pair that with the forehead he's got going on. (laughs) (laughs) Wait till you see this. He's got the shirt on button like he's a 70s porn star. I I mean, he is is something up there right now. I don't know if you guys got the picture, but he He looks. Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he looks he like looks a, like he looks like he drives around in a van in your neighborhood and asks kids if they want some candy. I was gonna say like the like the forty year old father is losing his hair, but okay, that you, we can go with that. That's fine. Off, offspring <laughs> of offspring of Ron Jeremy, maybe. Right. Oh, that what, works. What, 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 what is this guy? I mean, yeah, I was. From what I understand, he's a pretty fun guy, though. So uh, that that might have something to do with it. Yeah, he seems like a pretty fun guy. Just keep him away from the vans and the kids. <laughs> yeah, I'll go. I'll go with Eric on that. We'll yeah. check his alibi for last. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus what Christ! Surprise, though, over Connor. I gotta yeah. Say that. Did he have? I'm guessing he had a good year, right? He did, but I felt like they had a bit of a. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they had a better team, I would think, front to back. So the fact that Edmonton made it as far as they did, uh, man, that's 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 a little bit of a surprise. I didn't see Shostakin get in the heart um, because he's going to get the Vezina. He looks like if I'm sorry to interrupt. He looks like if Bill Paxton had Gallagher's haircut from the '80s. I mean, he's he's had a, he had a really good yeah. year. He is he is a great player. He ranks right up there with the that young group that Eric was talking about a few weeks ago, um, that has filtered through as Crosby and Ovechkin get older. So it's not a big a huge surprise to me, but I am a little bit surprised that uh, over McDavid because I mean, let's face it, that that's the guy the league wants. You know, there's a reason he's playing where Gretzky won cups. Okay. And it goes far beyond a draft lottery. Fair enough. All right. If um, Does anybody have anything else they want to bring up tonight? Um, well, uh, other than have you guys caught up on, I know not necessarily quite as much. We just told him some of these recommendations last week, so I doubt he's had a chance to watch any of them. But I was going to bring up maybe Obi-Wan and uh, – and uh, Miss Marvel, Miss Marvel, to see what your thoughts were on where we are at with those series. Because I'll be honest, I'm not really disappointed with Miss Marvel. I'm okay with it, but I'm kind of getting disappointed in Obi Wan, and I hate that. I'm gonna uh, before you guys go, I'm gonna bow out. I got a few minutes here before I gotta uh, gear up, hit the road. So I'm going to bow out so you guys can speak freely about – because I do plan to watch those shows eventually. I haven't been able to get into them because, you know, everything else just keeps starting. Like my wife and I watch MasterChef Junior, which the finale is on this week. Uh, Then the new MasterChef Oh, I love that show. Who are you rooting for? Who are you rooting for? I'm I'm going for Grayson myself. Grayson. It's got – to me, I think Leah's great. I I think it was time for Ivy to go. 
It was time for Ivy to go. It was. It was. It, I think this is Grayson's to lose. I think the kid could play. I think he he cooks really good food. I think as long as he doesn't screw it up, I think he's gonna end up pulling this out. Well, let me ask you this: Do you remember? Uh, you know, I'm not sure just yet because I like Leah too. I think she's a great cook, but I think um, that Grayson has that that it factor when it comes to his his his. Uh, meals, you know, is what he's making, his entrees, his appetite. You know, I just feel like he's, you know, uh, how many times can you make wontons? You know, as uh, for Leah, you know, so uh, hey, she's she's definitely the dark horse. Uh, I would think. I think Grayson's the favorite. You know, if we had a money line on it, he'd probably be what minus two hundred. Uh, but you remember from a couple seasons, or actually it was a long, it was probably, uh, I don't know, it was uh, maybe seven seasons ago or something like that. You remember Shane the Train? Um, was it that long ago? It was It was pretty long ago because now they're doing, for the, do you watch the regular MasterChef? Yeah, 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 we're watching that too. Well, I, mean, so, I haven't seen the latest episode though. Well, the, the regular MasterChef, um, and I don't want to kill it for you, but I will say this. The regular MasterChef is, as you know, is um, back to win, right? So it's all people who have lost previously are coming back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they take three people from MasterChef Junior and put them up to go for an apron. And one of them Yeah, being, yeah, I did see that. I saw that, of, actually. One of them is Shane the Train because he's now at that age of regular MasterChef. Yeah. So uh, Shane the Train is back, and that's – you know, he's a serious dark horse. He's only 18 years old, but that's who I'm rooting for, man, because that's who I rooted for in his season. You're always going for Shane the train, man. So my wife, not so much. But uh, <laughs> I'd like to see Shane the train win it. All which right. is, It's a serious dark. I mean, if you were probably plus 2,000, you're putting a money line on old Shane the train. But we'll see. Yep. I got nothing awesome. to throw in. Well, I no, yeah, you know. I don't. I don't have a favorite yet of this season, so I'll let you know who it appears to be. But um, yeah, because they're still in the apron stage, right? There's one more round of aprons to go, I think. They did that, and then they had the. They already had the first uh, elimination episode. So okay, so that's the one I haven't seen. Behind. I haven't seen the first elimination episode. I'm only one behind, so I haven't seen the first oh, okay. elimination. I've so seen then, all the aprons. And okay, good. Then I didn't ruin Shane the train for you because he does get the apron. Yeah, no, you didn't ruin Shane. All right, Shane the train, it's baby. The, got Rufus it's Shane, the, yeah, it's the other one. It's the, it's the elimination episode I haven't seen yet. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't stand a chance in hell, but, you know, got to root for the kid. Another one coming back. I don't know if you and the wife are going to watch it, but uh, I'm always, if, uh, me and the wife are a fan, uh, Big Brother. Never watched back it. Soon on CBS. It's fun. I'd say get into it. Um, and then they're also, you know, the challenge. They're doing yeah, a season I used of that, that on. Bit, but... They they're actually doing a season of that on CBS as well with all contestants from CBS shows, whether it be Survivor, uh, Big Brother, oh, really? uh, Amazing I Race, Survivor too. Amazing Race, like all of those people. They're going to bring those people back for a uh, challenge where it's just really? going to be those people. So uh, soon, like in July, beginning in July, oh. I think. Because uh, that starts, that starts, and Big Brother start. I think on the same day, actually. Like one starts, and it's like an eight o'clock and like a nine o'clock show. I gotcha. Um, on CBS, but yeah. Right. So I, I recommend. They're they're entertaining shows. Um, you know, 
Your competition shows. The, the challenge I may watch because I watch Survivor. Um, so, and I, there's a few characters from, or a few, few of the. Did you watch this Survivor season of Survivor? Did you I watch did. this season? Uh, I got to be honest. I was rooting for Jonathan. I think he got hosed, man. That guy was a beast all season. I've never seen a Survivor contender like as fit and as like just, I mean, beastly as that man was. Yeah, but like, here's honestly, the problem. Like, I know that he it's more socially, you gotta have some brains too. Yeah, but and he was just so yeah. socially bad and, and that that's a big part of it. But I do feel like um you know if if he like let's say he rewatches that and goes back on, I think he'll be a little more self aware. And uh if he brings the beast mode like he did this time and he's more self aware, I think he, he should win next time if they don't vote him out. Oh right yeah. Away. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, you got to vote a guy like him out right away. He's going to dominate. That's why I was actually, after he got eliminated, I was kind of hoping Mike was going to win. But I didn't mind Mario winning. I just wanted anybody to win other than Romeo. Because Romeo literally did the least of, like, anybody. He did nothing. He did not deserve to win. Marianne at least tried to make moves. Was at least being sneaky. Was doing this. He made some good ones, too. Yeah. Mike was winning some competitions. Mike was doing other things. Like, Romeo didn't do shit. Didn't do shit. It was like the first five or six episodes. And we're sorry. I'm sorry to leave you out, Mike. But it was like the first five or six episodes where I was looking at my wife. Like, if I were on that island, the first person I would vote out is Marianne. I can't stand her. But then she was like a fungus. She kind of grew on you. She grew on you, right? Yeah. Yeah. But then you saw because she was actually trying to make moves. And even though she had that bubbly personality, she was actually using her brain under there. And by yep. the end, she actually won a competition and she was doing things that actually mattered. Romeo was literally useless from the time he got there. Yeah, dude, I was never more disappointed than when he won the final immunity. I was like, no, come on. Like, this guy should be gone. He should have been gone a long time ago. But, oh, yeah. you know, it was what it was. Uh, again, you know, for me, like Ozzy, Ozzy's never won one, right? And I, and like that guy is one of the ultimate. Like he goes out, he can do everything he needs to do. He climbs trees to get coconuts with his bare feet, and he fishes. And everybody votes him out as soon as they can, you know. So, and then it, to be honest with you, Jonathan didn't do great in the individual immunities. He did well, but he was more the team guy. You know, he held, he carried his team through when it was time to do that. It was like four on one but he got it done but then when it came to the individuals somebody would find a way to beat him i will say that he didn't win a lot of those so no but he was but that's because they leveled the playing field doing a lot of balancing challenges yeah, those things that kind of really tested him he, he did well in those every time it was him versus somebody else and the other person just edged him out he was always coming in second in every one of those but i yeah. mean what he was able to do physically for the team challenges yeah. like you said it was if he was a one-man show I mean, to the point where literally there was at one point they were doing one of the challenges where they were in the water and they had to swim back to shore and you had to pull the boat along the way. They had like three or four people in the boat. He was pulling and there was supposed to be another swimmer helping to pull. He was dragging the other swimmer. He was dragging the swimmer and the boat and just out racing all the other teams. Got to the beach, kicked everyone (laughs) And there was that one. There was the one challenge where his team was the only one able to actually get to the beach because of him. Yeah. And all the other teams got stuck in the water with the tide, and they had to uh, they had to redo the challenge mid challenge because the other teams couldn't do it. He single handedly did it. 
but he basically made himself in the team portion. He made himself a person that they just couldn't vote out or they would never win any. That's why I think he's got to be a part of this new season of uh, the challenge survivor or the challenge where they're going to have like contestants from the survivor and shit is he was built for a show like the challenge. Like, That that kid that kid should be on the challenge. He should, <laughs> the challenge. He should be competing with those guys. You know what I yeah, mean? Absolutely. Like that's what he should be doing. Um, so I hope he gets that opportunity on the on the new CBS show. And uh, yeah, I hope uh, you guys check it out. All right, boys. Well, I'm gonna get going. Let's play hockey. And uh, sorry, right. Mike, that we, we uh, talked. About I I was uh, no, that's cool. Good luck with your hockey tonight, Fife. Thanks, boys. Ten and zero. Here we go. Have a good one, man. All right. So Miss Marvel, Obi. Well, wait a minute. I just want to. I just want to say. I. I think. I think you know. Like the Animal Kingdom comes up. It's like okay. I haven't seen that show. That's cool. Ozark comes up. Haven't seen that show. That's cool. Now we start with the Master Chef. I wasn't going to say it then. Then we get to the Big Brother. And now all I'm thinking is these are the shows we're talking about, rather than going with my recommendation of The Wire. Really. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, it, it's true though. It's true because the, uh, from all accounts, the wire is pretty phenomenal. Um, <laughs> and listen, I, 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 the only thing I will say about it, and then we can move to Miss Marvel and Obi Wan, and I think we're kind of simpatico on those. I twenty years. It's been over twenty years since that show came on the air. They are now doing like twenty year podcast retrospectives on that show, which is just weird, and it's just funny to me because. That was that would have been the summer between your senior year in high school and freshman year in college because I know it was the summer between my my freshman year and sophomore year in college. So that's how yep. long ago that was, and I say that so you can feel as old as I do. Oh, I feel <laughs> old every day, my friend. Yeah, man, I'm gonna be forty. I'm gonna be forty next year, man. Yeah. Um. All right, Miss Marvel. Um. I'm liking it so far. I think there was a little bit of a drop-off between that second and first episode, but it's still a pretty good show. You've mentioned they haven't really stuck the landing on these shows, and I don't disagree with you on that one. So I'm really hoping this one ends better than the other ones, truthfully. What do you think think about this whole thing is going to be about her getting her final like power set? Because... Uh, something weird's going on there with the great grandmother, and then whoever this lady is showing up in the back of Kumon's car or whatever. You know, just I don't. Then that guy's kind of weird too, and I know from the comics he's uh, somebody. And you yeah, know, he's a little shady from what I saw. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, like how he knew to show up there. I think there's some plot holes. I don't think it's perfect, but I think what this show is designed to do is be like, hey, here's Miss Marvel. Here's how she got her powers. Here's what she did to get them. And now watch her in the Marvels coming out next summer. Like I, I, I agree it, with but I think I think this girl is really good in the role. Oh, I yeah. just don't think they're writing it very well for her. But again, I know the writing isn't for me, so I can't again it goes back to that genre thing. I can't hate on something because they're trying to go a different way. You know what I mean? I'm not gonna be mm. one of them basement dwelling, you know, Cheeto eating losers. Who sits here and says, "Ah, you know, that's not the Miss Marvel I thought I was gonna get." Man, no, I'm not. Let's go. Let's go review. Let's go review. Bum Rotten Tomatoes. Let's do that. Yeah, real mature. Yeah, I mean, those those trolls should, uh, you know, Al Gore should be kicked in the nuts for even thinking the internet was a good idea for, for those <laughs> trolls. I mean, I really like. 
seriously have issues with yeah. it because what well, you didn't think this thing through. You didn't think how terrible most of the population actually is and how shitty they just want to be to people. And you, you know, can't like, put that all on Al Gore, though. Like, did anybody just, really? If he wants to invent yeah. the internet. I'm going to say it's his fault. You want you want to take the claim? You're going to take the blame. But let's be honest. The internet, when he thought it up, was a much different place than the internet of today. And it, you can't hold him responsible for what the losers do. I'm just saying. Either way, uh, it's okay. just all is terrible. All is terrible. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. Um, I you will know, say either way, the show isn't terrible. And I don't want to yeah. say that because I don't want to say that the show is bad. The show is not bad. It's entertaining. I'm getting what I want out of it. Entertain me, clowns. And that's what they're doing. Just so I, I put on the TV to be entertained, entertain me. And I'm being entertained. I can't say I'm not. So I'm not going to sit here and lie and, you know, be one of the haters. Is it my favorite show? No. Absolutely not. I still prefer Loki. I still prefer WandaVision. I still prefer Hawkeye, even. To be honest, I'm one of the few people who actually kind of like Hawkeye. I didn't mind. Hawkeye was good. Hawkeye was good. I thought so. A lot of people shit on it. That's okay because everybody's got their preference. But either way, like, you know, I think we just got to stop shitting on each other and just be like, all right, enjoy it for what it is and move on. Like, the show isn't making or breaking anybody's lives here. So that's why the trolls got to get over themselves. Everybody else enjoy it for what it is. And if she sucks as a character, as a six-episode miniseries, like Dave helped point out last week, that we can get away from real quick, and Marvel can bury, and you know we can never see her again. So mm. it, it, that's as big a possibility too. Yeah, the one thing I will throw in there to kind of go to one of your earlier points, we're definitely going to get a lot more backstory on the grandmother and the whole bracelet, because obviously that's where everything comes from, and you know that grandmother, they. I'll do. I'm going to be you for a second here because I'm going to predict, and I'm sure you already thought this. Grandmother had those powers and she used them at some point too, but because of the culture, yeah. she was ostracized for it. Yeah. Yeah. So I that that you can kind of see coming, but it's not that you can predict something. It's do they tell it in a way that is entertaining? So that's what I'm looking forward to on that one. So. And it'll be interesting to see if she has a bad guy this season. I mean, you brought it up. You don't know if that's going to be something that the show does, but superhero doesn't right need now, a bad you guy. You don't know who it is, and you're going to be halfway through next episode. We have no idea who the big bad even is. But again, it was kind of that way in Hawkeye, where you didn't really know you knew because you'd heard some rumors, but you didn't really know at the same time, you know? So, I don't know. I'm back. All right. Oh, there you are. Yeah, I, yeah, I dropped out for a second there. Sorry about that. But um, okay. Yep. But yeah, no. So Ms. Marvel's good. Could be mm -hmm. better. We're gonna, you know, see how it does and uh, go from there. But again, if they can get away from it real quick, if they need to, it's only a six-episode miniseries, and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. After Ms. Marvel, they can pivot and go another direction. They're not, you know, as tied as they used to be to these characters, you know, thankfully in a way, because they're able to pivot and change course easier without having to do, you know, a three, you know, three movies, you know, guaranteed deal with somebody, you know, it's just a one episode miniseries, you know, similar mm -hmm. to what like Oscar Isaac just did one episode, you know, one, one shot miniseries is all he signed up for. If they happen to use him again in the future, good. If they don't, it didn't hurt anything either. Um, yeah. so again, enjoy it for what it is, 
But that's where I'm going to, you know, if you don't mind, pivot because I think we're kind of on the same plane here with Miss Marvel. But I wonder if we're on the same plane with Obi-Wan because when we talk about sticking the landing, you know, we knew who the villain was this entire time because we know Star Wars and we know yeah. that episode for this leads into episode four. So, like, we, we know at which point this, epi- you know, this is going to end, like, and where the end goal is. So, you know, Vader's the bad guy. You know that the Inquisitors are the bad like you know it all, but it doesn't seem like they're sticking the landing. So even for a show where you know the direction, it doesn't seem like you're really getting it. Like you, you, it doesn't seem like the writers are getting it and the significance. And I mean, I, like I said, I don't know if you're are you're caught up, right? Yeah, I'm caught up. Point? I'm caught I up. I mean, come on, have I been telling you about how predictable this Reva arc is? since the beginning i wish it wasn't so predictable well i'm gonna be honest point she was gonna turn to the light side and try to kill vader and you knew from that opening shot when they showed the girl you know little girl running with the other oh, Jedi, sure. that was probably gonna be her and you know you, you foresaw all of this so uh, there's that, one that thing to me is where it blows my mind is how can it not be better i just want my star wars to be a little bit better than this i just feel like they're just shotgun bullshitting you know spewing nonsense out there and just being like here you go masses here's some obi-wan you know and none of it really matters i don't know getting frustrated with this show. well the, there's three things i want to bring up here number number one yes that was predictable i totally agree with you on that did you think she'd be the one to find out about kids because I didn't necessarily think that that was going that way. And how is that going to affect everything going forward? If they bring Luke and Tatooine into it, he's not supposed to know he had kids. So that that one is going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Did you see that coming? Yeah, I mean, I think this whole thing is... Even the part with the children, her figuring out they were Vader's children. Well, you knew what, yes, because once she was smart enough to figure out you know, to kidnap Leia Organa, you know, and, you know, she found that connection. First of all, if she was smart enough to find that connection, she's smart enough to make that next link. So I'm not super surprised by it. Like, because I think it's again, kind of predictable to where I thought she would be. And that's to me where it sags. I wish she wasn't just so one note and, you know, I want a little more nuance. I want a little more, you know, because to me, like, She's literally like running through this show, chopping people's hands off and not caring and murdering people left and right. And in the end, she's just like Vader anyway, but she's just trying to be good, but she's not good. But she's like, it's a bullshit storyline. You know, she can die. You know, nothing's going to happen to Vader. She's not going to kill him. You want to know why? Because we know episode four is coming. So to me, like this is all predictable bullshit. And that's where I'm just like, I wished. For a little bit more interesting writing and yes i could see the prediction where it comes full circle and she learns about the kids because you knew it was foreshadowed in the first episode when he's overlooking luke that wasn't going to be the last time you saw luke or luke was going to be involved in this show okay and to me you knew they were going to go back to tatooine you knew that something was going to happen with luke it only made sense that it was probably going to happen with reva because she was the one who found out about leia to begin with to be able to kidnap her Mm. So, to me, if, if there was anybody smart enough to figure out the story, it was probably going to be her because she was fig- smart enough. She was the only one smart enough to this whole time. Yeah. Figure it out. Well, that'll bring me to point number two. Um, but then if they we, kill her, then it's really pointless. So, I just need to point that out. Because now if you kill well, her, that's fair. she learns all this information, and she's the only one in the galaxy who knows this. And rather than like it being useful in some way, shape, or form to somebody in the fucking galaxy, you're just gonna kill her off. 
because you can't. She's not going to make it past here. We know this because she's not in episode four. We never see her again. I mean, yeah, I, I can't argue with you on that one. But to kind of go on that thread here, I, I do want to talk a little bit about Reva, the actress playing her, and the quote-unquote backlash that has come. Eric, I, I don't know about you. If I'm an if I'm an aspiring actor, and I get told, "Hey, you can be in a Star Wars movie or a Star Wars property in general," I don't know that I really want to do it because if you think about it, she and we talked about this the first week this show came out. You said it, and it's true. She's done well with the material that she's been given. Any problems or with the character and the way it was written, the direction. It's nothing that she's done. But this is the latest in a long line of Star Wars actors who have been totally massacred by, their, by the public as a result of shitty writing, shitty directing. That and goes basically, back to the fucking trolls on that's what I'm, because Yeah, it does. Yeah. But I'm saying, you think about it. Jake Lloyd, Hayden Christensen, Kelly Marie Tran, all of them, freaking John Boyega. This is like, if I'm Star Wars... I don't understand why they keep putting these people in this position where you know your audience is a bunch of man babies who can't handle anything different, and you're totally setting up for failure. You're like, do you realize somebody sat in a room, wrote that script for Reva, and thought that it was going to come off menacing? And then you put the whole acrobatics class in there in uh, the third episode, I think it was. It's just a bunch of dumb shit that shouldn't be in there. They don't take any of the backlash. It's all on the actors. They're completely exposed here. And Star Wars just completely sets them up for failure. And I think that sucks. And I mean, there are some there are other two plot holes in here that I mean, I want to see if you agree with one. Why in the hell would Reva allow just two guards to walk Obi-Wan back into that secured room? <laughs> it's only two guards. <laughs> you know, he only has one pair of measly cuffs on. I mean, come on, a guy's a fucking Jedi. Number two, <laughs> Vader storms his way through. Ship goes to take off. Boom! Grabs the ship. That was impressive. Down. Second ship takes no, off. Is he? Nothing. Can he not grab a second ship? Did he lose all his power on grabbing the first ship? <laughs> Is there a reason he couldn't just go? Ha! I got you too. <laughs> <laughs> You see the second one sitting on the ground there while you were grabbing the first one? Like, I don't understand this. It's fair. It's it's like, fair. So, I mean, there's a couple of bottles. Now, I'm trying to put that shit aside and just enjoy it for what it was because, I mean, there were certain aspects of the show I enjoyed. The, light at, the, the lightsaber duel you got where it was the flashback scene between... Horrible CGI. And, horrible CGI. That was actually my CGI, third point. I actually enjoyed the scene. Itself. I sure. It was a good scene. The way Anakin actually did take the lesson, but I mean, he obviously didn't learn from it. Um, yes. You know, so that, that kind of. Oh, Eric. Oh, Eric. I enjoyed. Like, so it's not all. I know they don't have a movie that I've ragged on this season that. Uh oh, did I cut out again? I mean, you kind of went very choppy there. Like, it was weird. Am it was I like back? a cut and paste. You're back now. You kind of went a little cut okay. and paste there with your audio. It was weird. Sorry about jumped that. A but I will say, with the point you're making, it was a really good scene. I, I did like them putting that in there. That was cool. 
Yeah, I mean, listen, I know they don't have a movie budget. I know they don't have, you know, everything they want to have in this show. I understand that. So some of my, you know, like I talked about the background scene in their last lightsaber duel between him and Vader when he, before he was dragged across the, you know, the flames and whatnot. Um, thought that scene and that background could have been a little better. But again, I understand they, where they had to direct their money. Um, so I can't rag on them too much for that kind of stuff. But at the same time, I can rag on them for the way this thing is written. If you write a damn good story, the effects are just like the sprinkles on top. The, mm-hmm. you're, you're not worried so much about the CGI and Luke's face in The Mandalorian because you're more giving a shit that the story is great. And holy crap, we just got to see Luke, uh, Luke come in and wreck freaking house. Because it was an awesome scene. Like, that's what you want to see is that kind of writing, that kind of scenery, that kind of stuff. You, you know, that, that that's what you want to see. I'm not seeing it here with Obi-Wan, and I wish it did. Or I wish I saw more of it, I should say. I mean, I'm happy they don't have all the back-to-tank, you know, flashbacks that, you know, um, <laughs> Boba Fett did. Yeah. But this flashback episode worked for me because I like that connection between him and Anakin. Um, like I said, the other things had some plot holes with. But again, it, it, we're circling this all back to Riva. I mean, one, nobody apparently ever dies if you get stabbed in the stomach from a lightsaber either. Like, except he, he, except he, he, oh, oh, not even Mace Windu, actually. I just thought of that. He didn't get stabbed in the chest. I'm sorry. No, yeah, yeah. You, you get your hand. He got his hand cut off and kicked out a window. Yeah, I, apo- I apologize. Apologize entirely. Yeah. Yes. But, that, but uh, listen, everybody survives those falls too. So I'm not going to lie. I <laughs> expect to see Mace Windu back at some point. Plus, I know Samuel Jackson's talked about wanting to reprise the role. I think it's something he's going to try to do in the future. I don't think we've seen the last of Mace Windu. Yeah. I think it's practically impossible to kill anybody who doesn't really want to be killed because they play in the comic book realm. You can bring anybody back at any time. That's what they do. Mm. You know, they're already talking about bringing Cat back. They're already talking about bringing other people back, you know secret wars and whatnot and different ways to bring people back in the mcu i mean it's disney that's what they're going to do they want to bring people you know the characters that they can make the most money off of <laughs> like let's be honest yeah. here. so mm-hmm. the you know the you want an obi-wan series to be good but the writing in this like that's where to me i feel like they knock it out of the park on the mandalorian but the Mandalorian was kind of like an original story where I feel like this is something they're just like, oh, we're just going to spoon feed them nostalgia and think that that's going to work with these shows like Obi-Wan and Boba Fett. And it doesn't work the same. So I don't know what to expect out of Ahsoka. I don't know what to expect out of the Accolade. I don't know what to expect from Disney Star Wars coming out. Because as far as I know, I don't think they have a planned movie coming out in the next two or three years. So it's really going to be just Disney Plus shows for right now. I know they have movies in development, but I don't think anything's really on the schedule to come out anytime in 2023. I uh, know they had announced that that Rogue Squadron thing with Patty Jenkins as the director, but I don't remember hearing no, anything about shelled. that. They don't even. There have you go. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That was the only one I remember hearing about. So. Yeah, no, they got they got Taika Waititi doing one. Kevin Feige's got a Star Wars movie he's working on with the writers from. Uh, uh, Multiverse of Madness and WandaVision, that guy uh, Michael Waldron, he's writing Kevin Feige's uh, Star Wars movie. I don't Take know if TV's that... Got a, I, I'm sorry. TV's got a different Star Wars movie. Like I said, they got a whole bunch of things in the works. 
that are coming, but none of them have actually been in development. A lot of them are still in the writing stage. Um, and until they're out of that stage, you know, they're kind of just like, hey, floating in the area. We hope to have it out in late 2023, early 2024, but nobody really knows. Mm -hmm. um, well, let me ask you real quick. Now. To go back to what I was saying about Star Wars doing the actors dirty and kind of leaving them out there to hang out, hanging out to dry. You agree with that? Did you have anything you wanted to throw in on that? No, yeah, I agree with that. But again, I, I just think that everybody just, it's such a vocal minority out there. And I hate it. I hate it because these trolls yeah. just dominate everything. And the way they, uh, they, everybody talking about, oh, the woke story because they had to change it and raise a girl and blah, blah, blah. Bullshit. No, I agree. The John Boyega shit. Bullshit. Like, I mean, come on. This guy, they, these are people you should be pumping up and promoting. And, like, to me, they don't deserve the backlash and hate they got. I think people that remember that original trilogy, that's always going to be something special. That's going to be what really kicked off the, the rest of all of this universe that's being created around us. Um, but that being said, you know, you have to understand too, that it's, it's a fantasy world. Like these, these are people, they're actors, they're doing the best job they can with the scripts they're given and the, the everything they're given. It's, it's not that like, she's not actually like Ray Skywalker. Like, you know, she's not actually like, you know, these people. So the hate that they receive for it, like they're doing the best they can. And, yeah. you know, if you want to blame somebody, you know, blame the shitty writing. That's what I would blame. Mm -hmm. Blame the terrible storytelling. You want to blame something, blame that. Don't go and get your rag on the actor. The actor, you know, yeah. Could they portray it this way or that way? I don't have a problem with the way Ray portrayed the character. I thought she was fine. I thought John Boyega was good. Mm -hmm. You know, I enjoyed, uh, what's his name? Uh, Poe. I enjoyed him uh, as well. Oscar Isaacs. Oscar Isaac. You know, the, the, these were all good characters. They 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 had, a, you know, mm. they worked within the story they were given. You no. know, and that's that's really what it comes down to. And so blame them, but don't don't shit on these people. And that sucks. And I agree with you that it does. It hurts their young careers because now that stigma is attached to whatever the next movie they might do is, and they end up going to indie movies or doing whatever, and it ends up. Um, I know the Boyega incident was like more than just like internet trolls ragging on him, though, right? I think he had an actual like something back and forth between him and Disney. I'm not sure if I'm right about that. Oh, um, I wouldn't be surprised. I can't remember specifically, but I mean, yeah, let's I can't face it. I remember the, specifics. I know it was years ago, but I, I can't remember specifics. So I'm not well, going to say, oh, it was Disney's fault or John's fault or whoever. Well, if you think about it, it probably was Disney's fault because I think we saw from all three of those movies, they didn't have a fucking plan. They didn't have a through line before all the three of those movies. They set up one thing in Force Awakens. Ryan Johnson and I didn't mind The Last Jedi. I liked some things out of it, but that movie kind of threw everything into a tailspin, and then you bring J.J. Abrams back, and he kind of tries to pick everything up and act like The Last Jedi didn't happen, and, you know, everybody's storylines kind of got put by the wayside. Yeah. So J.J. Abrams is going to feel the axe's ass off if he didn't feel it already, because I think him and his production company, Bad Robot, are going to get cut from... Warner Brothers, they haven't produced shit. I know they had a deal, like a couple hundred million dollar deal to produce a whole bunch of content. And I think so far they've had exactly zero things come out. So I, think I definitely, 
I think that contract's about about to be over. This um, conversation about J.J. Abrams is the first time I've really thought of him in like two years. So I think you're right on yeah. that. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm with you there. I mean, speaking of young actors and careers being ruined, I mean, is there anyone that you've ever seen do a job of it as quickly, swiftly, and as as definitively as as Ezra Miller has done? <laughs> oh, you've been dying to bring this up. You've been dying no, to bring really, this up. Not really, but I mean, at the same time, not the gossip, because I want to talk more about the Flash movie than I want to actually talk about his terrible, terrible scandal. Because we don't, one, I'm going to say we don't know all the facts. Two, if even half of the facts are true, I'm fucking disturbed out of my mind. Like, so, like, even if everything is fucking half true, I'm beyond disturbed. Like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. I digress. And we don't need to talk about that kind of shit because, again, we don't have any proof. We don't know anything. We're just going off of rumors. But if the rumors are true, my God. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. to kind of to kind of go with what you're saying, if you want to talk about the Flash movie, I, the, I it really sucks because I really want to see the movie. I'm not a fan of Ezra Miller as an actor personally. Like, I haven't really been that impressed with him in the Justice League, the two Justice League versions that we got. Like, I, I thought he was better in the Zack Snyder one, but I wasn't overly impressed with him. I don't watch the Fantastic Beast movies. So I can't tell you if he's any good in those. But I'm not overly impressed, but I was looking forward to that Flash movie because I want to see Ben Affleck come back. I want to see Michael Keaton come back. I want to see the introduction of Batgirl. I want to see where they're going to take it. How the fuck do you put that movie out now? I, I, yeah, I, I, right now, I think they have to do what they're doing is shelve it, wait till everything dies down. But the thing is, they have 200 million invested in it, so they can't yeah. kick it out. Yeah. They, you know, they're not going to throw $200 million away. They're not just going to throw it on streaming. So they have two options. They can either stick this, you know, on, uh, you know, well, we know they're not going to stick it on streaming, so we're going to take that option out. They can either reshoot it. Mm. With, the Kevin Spacey treatment. Them, no, but I mean, you figure he's the actual like, main character. So even though you'd probably have to take out and cut and redo about 30% of what you've already done or more, because he was playing multiple characters in the movie, multiple different flashes. Yeah, it's it's more work than you think. Probably sure. gonna cost them at minimum a hundred to like hundred and twenty million to redo the movie. You figure, yeah, and that's including the two, and uh, not including the two hundred they already put in. So they'd be in over three hundred and x amount of dollars, million dollars to make this movie. I just think that's too much. Maybe it's the option because things are just too crazy and you can't do it. Or the other option is you wait until it dies down enough where people kind of forget about it. Hopefully he disappears long enough and the story just kind of drops off. And then they release it like next summer, maybe if he could stay quiet. And when they release it, you know, maybe they have a chance to make a hundred million dollars back, knowing that most of the audience is going to be turned off. Most people probably won't go see it, but they know some people will. And regardless, it's still a flash movie. So I could easily see this movie. And, and I mean, I'm, I'm not even being crazy. It could easily make its money back. I could see this overall. If they release this worldwide, there's no reason it can't get $200 million back. Maybe they lose money on marketing, but maybe they don't market it that hard. Maybe they don't put him out there. Maybe they don't do the press tour. Maybe they don't do all that. Maybe they just send Keaton out a couple times or, you know, that's about it, you know, and just keep it hush-hush. Maybe you don't spend hundreds of millions of dollars in marketing 
and try to recoup whatever money you can from that. Uh, that's the only way I can think it would work. Or, or But either way, it's going to be a loss for us. Like, I don't really see a way where this becomes a super profitable movie in the ways of like the billion dollar films they've had in like Aquaman and Wonder Woman and, you know, the Joker and like, it's not going to be those movies, but you know what? Something else. Yeah. You know, you know what I would try to do? I don't even know if this is an option, but I mean, we had heard the rumors that by the end of the flash movie, Michael Keaton would be the mainstream DC Batman. Right. I know you heard that rumor, right? Yeah. So maybe you do something where you reshoot the ending and he's not the only one who's the new mainstream superhero. Maybe you reshoot the ending and you cast a new actor as The Flash, Barry Allen. Maybe you don't even do Barry Allen. Maybe you do Wally West, one of the other ones. But at the end of the movie, you set it up. So now you got a new Flash and Ezra Miller. We're not going to talk about him. We're going to put him behind the coffee table. You're not going to notice him anymore. And maybe, still- but they could do that at any point. They could just end this movie, not not have to worry about any of those reshoots. And if another, if they put Flash in another movie years down the road, so they they changed him out. It's not like it's never been done before. I mean, look, uh, they they did it they did it in the MCU with uh, War Machine with Don Cheadle. You're Don talking Cheadle about him? Well, he sure, wasn't the original actor. Sure, but you're talking about the difference between a minor character who hadn't been established yet and a pretty big name. You know what I mean? Yes, yes you could I, do yes, it. Yes, I understand, but yes, it could be done. And in today's day and age in comic book movies and everything else with the turnover everybody's seen, I don't think it would be that off-putting. So, I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there, too. I mean, again, your, your option is definitely another option. They could reshoot the ending, add another flash, find a way to make it work. I don't think the guy from the CW is the answer. I'll be honest. Uh, I've never, Frank I've never seen, I've never really seen the show. Sorry to cut you me off either. there, by the way. Me either. No, no, I've never really seen it either. But I just don't think. I think too many people know him from that role, know him from that show, and even though it's a show I haven't seen. I think it's something that they will, uh, they will, uh, you know, relate too much to. So I, I just think that they need to not relate as much to that specific character. It makes sense. I don't know. Um, I think it's got to be a completely new Flash. Mm. Get off the Grant Gustin bandwagon. Get off the Ezra Miller bandwagon. Find another young, fun actor who could fit this role well. Um, it's not something you have to rush to do. Again, you have to do something with this Flash movie, and nobody's expecting another one three months later. So you have time to figure this out. It's really, what do you do with this $200 million, you know, paperweight in front of you right now? You know what I know for sure? What's that? Like, we talk about the MCU. We talk about DC and all the problems they've had over the last 10 years and everything. It looked like they were starting to get righted and everything. Whoever was the casting director who casted Ezra Miller and Amber Heard, if that was the same person, that person's probably never going to work in show business again. Nuts, yeah. <laughs> I have no idea what's going on with that, too, because the rumor mills all over the place. I hear people saying she's in the movie more now. I hear people saying she's cut out completely. I hear them. I, I don't care. I'll just see it when it comes out, and I just hope that, again, it's written well, it's directed well, and it's fun. Like, outside of that, I don't give a fuck whose bed she shit on last night. 
Give me a fun Aquaman movie, and I, I don't get you. Go, go, go do anything you want to do. I don't care. I agree with that sentiment, but I mean, the truth is, if you're Warner Brothers, you made Johnny Depp leave. You recasted him. You can't leave Amber Heard in there after all this. Like, and again, I mean, I'm not, again, I'm not what, gonna... did, what did Amber Heard do so bad? I know the stigma out there is that she sucks at life and she's a piece of shit. I get that. I understand the narrative. What I'm wondering is why? Like, how do we just because she took a dump on the guy's bed? No, like, I, I think like, I think that's the I, worst thing I've heard so far. So can somebody enlighten me to the shitty things other than the actual shit that well, Amber Heard has done? I think the best way to put it for someone like myself, who's probably like you, and I'm not going to pretend I followed the whole story. I just think the allegations about against Johnny Depp were not as bad as she made them out to be. I think there was a lot of exaggeration and innuendo and certain statements that were made that were proven in a court of law to be false and defamatory. But Johnny Depp lost a lot of jobs as a result of that. So how do you keep the one who made allegations that are now proving not to be totally true all's employed in the in same company? I got, I, I, that's all I want to say is all is fair in love and war. And this but ended it, up turning from love to a war. And listen, that's where that's yeah, but other things got involved though. So she said some things that you know weren't true. He said some shit that he shouldn't have said and did some shit he shouldn't have done. It's not like he's a fucking saint in this either. So I mean, that's where like I I think people got to pump the brakes a bit. It's not like he's fucking you know Queen Sheba up there. You know, like you know he didn't do anything wrong. No, he you know he's living in a glass house. You know, he's not. He he he's not perfect either. So I mean, again, nobody's I'm not, saying I'm not nobody's here, saying that. I'm not it. sitting here and defending Amber Heard either, because I'm sure she's a shitty person too. I don't know. I don't know her personally. All I know is she took a dump on the guy's bed. That's literally the only thing I know about Amber Heard outside of the first Aquaman movie is that she took a turd on someone's bed. That is it. Like, and outside of that, I kind of at this point kind of find it funny. Like, I don't even I don't even find that much offense by it. I, I think I would be offended if it happened to me. But as far as the story well, goes, here, here's I the point. A, I don't think it's a reason she should lose roles. But do you think Johnny Depp should have lost roles because of statements that have kind of been proven to be not as great as they were made but out see, to be? Yeah, it, no, because the, the so that's the point got, I'm making, though. No, no. But what I'm saying is the court in England found some truth to what she was saying. Did think she was abused. I'm not that. Listen, I'm not going to sit here and say she was never abused by Johnny Depp. I don't know. I wasn't there. You weren't. No, there. that's fair. I'm she, not saying says, that either. He says no. She says yes. I'm sure the truth lies somewhere in there. You know what I mean? So, I, I, do I think he should lose roles if he beats a woman? Absolutely. Do I think she should lose lose roles if maybe she he slapped her in the face and she took a dump on his bed? I, I, I think that they're fighting with each other, and I think that yes, he should probably lose roles for slapping her. And she should probably have to change the sheets for shitting in the bed. That's the way I feel about it. I don't feel like she should lose roles over it the same way that he lost roles. I'm just saying, if she lied about certain things, and I, I don't know that everything has been proven that he was in the but wrong... an actor isn't hired to be truthful. They're hired but you're, to read but... a script and do a role. But, like, we're going in circles here, but the truth is, what I'm saying is... He lost jobs that he maybe should have lost because of things that were said that weren't entirely true. That's what that's my feeling on it. So why shouldn't Amber Heard lose her job if she said things that weren't true that she knew and apparently were designed for him to lose those jobs? 
No, well, because again, when we're getting, that's where I go, was there any level of abuse? Because if there was, even if she embellished it, he is to me so way more in the wrong than she is. If she completely made up the abuse, then of course I would think that yes, she, she should lose roles and whatever else, but I don't think that that's the case here. I don't think she's complete. Do I think, like I said, do I completely believe him or her? No. Do I sit here and tell you, oh my God, you have to believe everything Amber Heard says? Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. But am I going to say, do I think some of those pictures might have been kind of legitimate? Maybe. Do I think that maybe some of what she had to say might have happened? Maybe. Like, I'm not going to completely discredit her and everything she has to say. Because again, she made up or she embellished some of the the things. That's what happens. Like, you know, it's they're arguing, they're fighting. This one says this, that one says that, this one takes it that way, this one says it this way. It, it it's what happens. It's not right. I'm not justifying it, it's not right, but at the same time, if there's any level of abuse on Johnny's part, it's a zero tolerance policy in my book. Like there's either zero or there's some. And if there's any, then it's some. And that's where to me, I draw the line. So that's to me why I find it's okay for Johnny to lose roles. And I don't find it okay for Amber to lose roles because if there's any shred of truth to what she is saying whatsoever about the abuse, I would have taken 10 dumps on his bed. Um, Listen again, like I said, I don't know enough to keep this going. My belief is if she made this stuff up about Deb, she should lose the jobs too. I do find your point valid, though, so we'll go with that. And I think we'll all agree, don't give Amber Heard diuretics that close to bedtime. Yeah, and don't, and, and don't, don't hang out with Ezra Miller, Ezra Miller ever you know, any, anywhere. Yeah, at <laughs> any age. At any age. Yeah. yeah. All right. I, I that that was a weird place to go, but that was cool. Um, how would we get oh, there anyway? With was I don't know. We we yeah no we segued to that. Hopefully, oh, hopefully Obi Wan sticks the landing. Hopefully, Miss Marvel winds up being the best of all the MCU shows. Uh, hey, here's a funny thing because I know you've seen the stories. And this will probably be the last thing, and then we'll get out of here. I know you've seen the stories about Kevin Feige talking about Phase 4 wrapping up and going to Phase 5, and now the speculation is we're going to Secret Wars with all the talk of incursions and everything. I was always under the impression, and this is the problem with having multiple storylines that have the same name, that if they went to the Secret Wars, they would have gone to the 80s one with the Beyonder, which I was never that crazy about. I never read that story, but it was never one that really made me want to research it more because it was always kind of a one-off thing for me. But they're going to go to the Secret Wars, an adaptation from the 2015 storylines when they basically merged all the universes into one, kind of like their version of Crisis of Infinite Earths. Which, let's be honest, they're kind of teasing with the, with the um, what is it, Kang, the multiversal war, everything coming out of Doctor Strange and the multiverse of madness, and they actually showed what happened when universes had the incursions and everything. Are you excited to see, you know, where they go with that one? Yeah, but it's just how do they get there, and I don't know, there's a lot they got to set up. Um, 
I yes, I'm excited for that because I think Secret Wars, Secret Wars could be a fun storyline. Um, you could see they're trying to set some things up, like you said, with the incursions, with other things going on. Um, but I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm excited for it. But I'm more excited for the immediate movie that I'm gonna see in the next couple of weeks. I'll be honest, like, and I know the hype's starting to get there. Uh, new trailer, ah. I think, came out today. But I'm pretty pumped for for Thor, and uh, I'm excited to see where that goes. Um, yeah, I'm I'm pumped for that. I really am. So I'm getting more and more excited to see that. The only thing that really worries me, you have a great actor in Christian Bale. You've done a great job in these trailers, the the one or two that he's actually been in, of making him look menacing. I really hope he's not a one-off villain. Because to put him as a one-off villain and then you just kill him at the end of it, like Kate Blanchett as Hela, I thought was really good. But at the end of the day, she ends at the end of the movie. I, at being a huge fan of Christian Bale, I really hope you don't do him like that. Yeah. No. I, I don't think, I, I don't know, though, because I, I agree with you and I disagree because you could say the same about Killmonger. True. Yes. I, I listen. I would have liked to have seen him last a couple movies. It's they have that problem where if you're not considered the overarching villain, everyone becomes a one-off villain, and I don't like that because I go back to the comics. How much is Marvel kicking themselves right now, by the way, for killing off Killmonger? Because how per how great would it have been for them to transition Killmonger into if he was still alive? taking over the Black Panther mantle as a redemption arc and becoming good and becoming the, you know, rightful, you know, king of Wakanda and this, that, and the other, and could have really had a a really nice redemption arc with a, a phenomenal actor in Michael B. Jordan. Um, and instead, not. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I just... Uh, they could do it with Gore, and I got to be honest, I don't know how much Gore would go beyond this anyway because uh, I don't know. Where, where's he going to go? So mm. I don't think he's going to float off into space and retire on an island somewhere. I think he's uh, yeah, he's out for a purpose, and it's, it's either he's going to complete the mission or die trying. So I, I think, you know, I don't really see that redemption arc for him in this movie, but Hell, I've been surprised before. Maybe I'll be surprised again. I, I have no idea about this movie. Um, I know a little bit about Gore, not a ton, um, but enough to make it fun. Uh, I really like Christian Bale. I like a lot. Of, I'm, I'm interested to see how Russell Crowe uh, plays Zeus. I'm interested to see what other characters may get introduced because I have a feeling that or be in here because I'm feeling that other than the Guardians, and Zeus and a couple of people we've seen in the trailers, we always know that there's probably going to be a few people we haven't seen in the trailers um, sure. that are going to be pretty surprising and a lot of fun. So I'm, I'm interested to see all of that. And uh, yeah, movies, I think only like two weeks away from coming out, I think, right? A little more. I think you're right on that. What is it? July 8th, I saw. So maybe a little. Yeah. No, yeah. actually a little bit more than two weeks. Yeah, you're right on that. Um, I mean, I'll say that that's the problem when you adapt comics to the big screen. In the comics, it's okay to have the villain who gets defeated, but he slinks off. You don't have to kill him. He can live to fight another day. They've never really taken that approach in the movies, though. 
for some reason. To go back to what you were saying about Killmonger, yeah, I'm sure they are kicking themselves, but who the hell would have seen that coming? Right. You know? So I'm sure I'm sure if he would have told them, hey, I got this. This may not end well. I don't know how much time I have to live. I'm sure Bozeman would have told them that. Maybe they would have hedged their bets a little bit, but hindsight's always twenty twenty. So I don't know if that would have been, like the redemption art would have been interesting to see. I don't know if that necessarily would have been Killmonger's character, though, because you saw in What If he's just he's just that guy, you know, the episode where What If Killmonger won, you know. So I I don't know. That's one of those things. It, it sucks we have to think about that now, though. It does. Yeah. All right. I think on that note, we can end tonight here. Thank you, everybody, for listening to us on all our various podcasting outlets, whether it's Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Anchor, Bullhorn. Thank you to Dave Hastings and Eric Pfeiffer for being with us here earlier tonight. Eric, this this extra session was a lot of fun. It went in a lot of different places. Always a fun time talking to you, brother. And it, like Dave said earlier, I hope everything's good. But you know, we're always here if we if you need us, buddy. That goes for me too. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm. Yep. So let's do some final thoughts, Eric Tressler. You stay sweaty, my friend. Till next week. You stay sweaty as well, my friend. And I am Mike Aglia Laurel. As always, thank you, everybody, for listening. We will see you all next week.